Now entering Nerdist.com. You made it weird. You made it weird. You made it weird. Oh, yeah. You made it weird. You made it weird. Yes, you did. You made it weird. Oh, yeah. You made it weird with Pete Holmes. What's happening, weirdos? A uh, long overdue. I've been uh, wanting to get Kate Micucci on the podcast for maybe over a year or two now. Uh, so I'm so glad that she finally got to come in. We do talk a little bit about, uh, clearly, one of my new favorite movies, Don't Think Twice, directed by Mike Birbiglia and starring a lot of people that have been on this podcast. Uh, and now, one more, Kate Micucci. She's incredible. I want to, as usual, get to it as quickly as possible. Los Angeles, I am back in town and doing my monthly Largo show again. The next one is September 1st. For tickets, go to Largo-LA.com. Uh, it is a stand-up show. There's going to be wonderful guests. It's going to be amazing. I'm so excited to be coming back. So I hope you can make it. Um, I've missed you guys. Let's do it. It's going to be great. Um, nothing else to plug on my end. I do want to say that this episode is brought to you by Take My Wife exclusively on CISO. You know this. S-E-E-S-O dot com is ad-free streaming comedy with new originals, quotable classics, late night, and stand-up specials. It stars real-life comedians and real-life wives, Cameron Esposito and Rhea Butcher, both of whom you may know from their podcast, Put Your Hands Together, or perhaps this podcast. They've both been on uh, more than once, and from both of them being, of course, fast-rising stars in comedy. They created, wrote, and star in Take My Wife, which is based mostly on their lives and their love, and features a whole bunch of their comedian friends like... Maria Bamford, James Adomian, Ron Funches, Paul F. Tompkins, Matt Bronger, Joe DeRosa, Janet Varney, and Laura Keitlinger as their crazy neighbor. Take My Wife shows what it's actually like being a comic times two. It touches on and takes apart the generalizations about what it's like to be a woman in comedy without any sanctimonious bullshit. And at the same time, it shows how funny, lonely, and weird life and love can be for people in their 20s and 30s, for comedies or civilians. Plus, as Cam says, the sex is hilarious. So go to CISO.com and use the promo code TAKEMYWIFE to get two months free. Uh, all right, guys. Enjoy Kate Micucci. Go see uh, Don't Think Twice if you haven't already. And if you're in L.A. or near L.A., I hope to see you at Largo on September 1st for uh, Living at Largo, my stand-up show. I uh, hope to see you there. It's going to be great. In the meantime, enjoy Kate Micucci. Get into it. Hello. Mickey. I'm sorry. No, I just arrived. Okay, Didn't you perfect. Get my Here, have a little hug. Oh, good. Okay. This is your chair if you don't Oh, that's my chair. Okay, perfect. If you don't mind. Nice to see you. Nice Thanks to for see having you. me. Hi. This is Aristotle. We've met before, right? Have we? Yeah. Nice oh, to see you. Oh, Aristotle was out till... F- Do you mind if I say on the podcast? Oh, yeah. You're out till 4 a.m. chasing poke- Pokemons. <laughs> for some reason, chasing. I didn't know what you were going to Chasing... Humans. Mm-hmm. He's a terrifying, terrifying <laughs> man. It's always I scaring that people. Might go somewhere dirty, but no, it's Pokemon. I'm oh, fine. chasing tail or something. Yeah, 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 totally. Can I even say, as a as a man, I've I've never enjoyed any of that. What what is it? Chasing what, tail. Yeah, but there's a modern one. That guy is over there. I can't think of the term. It doesn't matter. I don't know. I I, I, I for a man who's trolling. No. Oh, trolling. Is it tr- not trolling? Something like trolling. It doesn't matter. This is a terrible way to start. I don't know. I don't know. Is troll, trolling's like on the internet, right? Yeah, I know. But I guess you can troll in real life just the same. Do you get a lot of trolls? I was just talking to 
First of all, I never do this. Welcome. Hi, thanks. Thanks for having so me. So nice to see it's you. It's good to see you, too. These are your volumes, if you want to oh, tweak. I feel, Mine was a little loud. I feel good. I kind of do the one-ear thing. I, I like know. the one-ear thing. Yeah. That's a good choice. Thanks. That's a very good choice. <laughs> Um, you're, uh, you're, you're so welcome. I called Mike and, and, uh, we were talking about how great you are in the movie. <laughs> <Thank> <laughs> Which you know I love. Well, you're we so great it. in the movie. Well, that's the first time anyone's ever been you... able to pay that compliment back. <laughs> I'm not in the movie. You I'm are, just a though. Shamio. Uh, it's, a, it's great. It's, it's, it's Thank really you. funny. You're really funny in it. I, yeah, I remember that day when you came by to shoot. I know. that weird fun. hotel. Yeah. Well, it was like the lob. Is that what that was? A hotel? It was like I don't know. It was just our holding area, but it was like some strange hotel downtown. Oh, right, yeah. where we did the audio of yeah. my audition. Oh, that's what yeah, it was. Yeah, 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 I remember that. Yeah. Was that your first forgive? Uh huh. Was that no. your first movie? No, I've I've you've done been, a you've handful been of them. Uh, yeah, but I haven't like I. It, it was the fir- mm, no, I was going to say the first one, but no, I did one right before it actually. I've been doing I've been doing some movies lately. Is that so right? It's kind of exciting. Yeah. Um, Films. Yes, uh, uh, films. I, I <laughs> you've been, you're a film actress. Well, this past year I did three, which was really cool. Oh, you know what? I know but, that. But I no, knew that because you, when I talked to you on set, you had just, just done something one, and you yeah. were about to do something else. I, I, I did this movie called Unleashed um, right before I did Mike's movie. So uh, when I was talking to Mike about the movie, I was I was in San Francisco shooting that one, and so I had to. You know, we were Skyping and I... Movie person. Yeah. It was cool. I mean, yeah. You're but, one of those movie people. And, and Unleashed is a really sweet movie. It's not out yet, but I, I'm a girl who's unlucky in love. And I look at my dog and my cat and I'm like, oh, I wish I could find love like I have with you guys. And then on a full moon, they turn into men and they fight over me. I love it. Yeah. That's a great idea. I remember I think you we telling me that idea. At that time. We were hanging out like right when I got that. We were yeah. swimming at Kumail's. Because you told me yeah. that idea, and I thought that was fantastic. I, yeah, I'm very. I can't excited wait about to that. see it. It's pretty sweet. Oh my goodness! But, but gonna... then, but Mike's movie, I'm, it, I'm so thrilled. Ah, we've plugged it enough. I know, but it's doing so well. Let's I'm only really... talk about Unleashed. <laughs> Who are the? Who's the dog and the cat? Uh, Steve Howie and Justin Chatwin. Um, Is Chatwin the cat one? Yeah. <laughs> high five. <laughs> I said I said high five in case people couldn't hear that that was yeah, a high no, five. I liked it. <laughs> what was uh, this is kind of an you, Mike and I were talking about how you're such a like an entertainer, right? So what word do you like? Because here you are being a film actress, and you're a cartoonist and a painter, and you're a musician, and you and you're a comedian. Yeah, but that's why we're like, oh, she's like an entertainer. Like you just like entertaining folks. What was your intent? Like, what did you want to become? What do you want to become? Well, how did you set out I, on this crazy <laughs> journey? I know. You know what's so funny is like I never know. I'm always just the thing I'm doing is like when I'm really happy doing that one thing until I then turn the corner to the next thing. Do you get white hot on one thing and then it burns out or mm, do, are you able to stay in love with it? I kind of love to do uh, – if I have like a day off, then I – like today I, I was – writing a song and drawing a picture and I like to go back and forth you know like but that's like low pressure kind of stuff but you know like obviously like but that's different halves of your brain I'm pretty sure one is the visual and one's the language so you're doing you're writing and then you're drawing it's funny because I was drawing a birthday gift for my friend and the hardest part of that was wrapping it (laughs) I'm like a terrible rapper wait because it's a drawing (laughs) well you I was drawing but I put it in a frame (laughs) I put it in a frame but then I was like really having trouble with the tape and I was like why is the hardest part of this the the rapping if you're good at rapping we're probably Probably not going to be friends. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I have a, like if somebody's like phenomenal with the edges, I don't yeah. get a lot of gifts like that because everyone I know is like, ah, just open it. You're going to tear it. Just open it. Or like you just tell them what the 
what it is before they even open it. I'm, I'm I bought very, you socks. I'm very bad at that, actually. Yeah. I'm very bad at waiting. Like, if I, I knew it was your birthday and I got you the perfect thing, I'll just give it to you. Yeah. Um, I, some people are better with the surprise and stuff. Like, Val is good at the surprise and she'll wait. And I've been trying to get better at it. But typically, if I think of something, and it's not morbid. It's like, we might die. Like, take it now. It's just like, <laughs> I can't sit. It's like having a secret. Yeah. I don't want to have any secrets. But it's like a really good secret. And, like, it's one that comes from a good place. So you want to share it, you know? Yeah, I guess. So you don't mind the buildup. You're wrapping this drying. Yeah. Well, yeah. But, I mean, I, I love, you know, when you're a kid and you just look forward to Christmas because you're going to get presents. And then all of a sudden there's that year where it sort of changes where you can't wait to give the presents. You, yeah. You, you know? Time. But now I don't know how I feel about Christmas. What do you, what do you mean? <laughs> it kind of bums me out. Why? Ah, I feel, you know, I, I love Christmas. Christmas is great, but I always feel bad for like, you know, the mm. pressure. Okay. I don't know why I opened with why, by the way, uh-huh. because I am the happiest, jolliest person and I do love Christmas, but around Christmas, I tend to have, uh, I think a lot of people are this way. I tend to have those feelings too, where it, you kind of see like things like, oh, my family isn't good at giving gifts. And that's, that's true. Yeah. And there's something below that that's a little bit painful. It's, you know what I mean? Or it's sad or the idea of someone like counting, counting their dollars to pay for the thing that they yeah. want to get for their grandchild or something. Like yeah. those moments, I, I don't know why I go to those rather than like, you know, just the joyous ones. But right, like, right, right, right. Yeah. Just like some NFL players Christmas, getting everything that yeah, they want right. sort of thing. But the person that's counting the dollars, they're in the game in a better way. You know what I mean? Like if you're buying that small one item and it means a lot. I hate big Christmas. I hate big birthdays. Yeah. Big Christmas. Too many gifts. All that sort of stuff. The one gift that the count of dollars, that sad little story is so amazing when they open it and they like it. It means more. Yeah. It, it, yeah, because... I, I, I was in one of those families who kind of got what we asked for. Yeah. That doesn't mean anything. Like a drawing? What did you draw your friend? Um, well, I, a, a while ago in one of my art shows, I had a cartoon of it's a Jay-Z and Beyonce holding hands. And it says, if Jay-Z and Beyonce can't make it, there's no hope for – oh, no. If, if Jay-Z and Beyonce break up, there's no hope for any of us. Oh. I don't know what that even means exactly. Yeah. Um, but I – but my friend really liked it, so I made her a smaller version. I think it's fun that you you are such a – you and I, I – I, why am I trying to include myself in this? But we're both happy people, chipper yeah. people. You're very, very pixie-like. Yeah. I can't yeah. be the first person. No. But there is a melancholy to your cartoons. Which there, is yeah. my favorite. This is how I'm going to try and include myself in this, just so you can talk. <laughs> my favorite movies are like I like dark movies. Me like too. Mad Men is a very lonely show. In fact, one I think of my favorite whole- shows ever. Hit it! High five. The whole. <laughs> <laughs> that was excellent. That was excellent. The whole show, I think, is about loneliness, and a lot of oh, your yeah. cartoons uh, can feel lonely. Yeah. Or, or can feel a lot of different things, not just loneliness, but can feel... There's- like, if Jay-Z and Beyonce don't make it, there's no hope for any of us. It's very funny, and it is cute, but then underneath it, there's this sort of, like, all things fade. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. Be- like the Louis bed, all c- best case scenario, one of them will die when they're old. <laughs> you know what I mean? True. And Jay-Z will be like... At Beyonce's like giant golden tomb, (laughs) putting down a single rose. You know what I mean? But it's so beautiful. He can see his reflection in the pillars, and he goes, "I miss you, boo." But he's so old. Yeah, so like 140, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, that sounds better. So then Jaden Smith walks him back to a limousine (laughs) because he's now, you know, he's in his 40s, 50s. Uh, but you, the wait, you, you're a sweet person that likes I, you know, all feelings. Yes, but I really do love I, – I, I love, like, darker movies. I also really love um, 
sad songs and I, I don't really hear lyrics so much like I, I don't register lyrics when I'm listening to a song I only hear like the feeling of it yeah. but I love I remember making a mixed uh, CD this is what, way back for my cousin and I was like these are all the artists I'm listening to right now and, and I gave her the CD of like all of my favorite songs at the time and, and she was like are you okay because like, everything so you know and, it was, and I was like yeah why she's like these are the most depressing yeah. songs ever when I found Elliot Smith I was like uh, that's what it sounds like inside I when I first heard <laughs> Elliot Smith I, I like exactly I was just like this guy that's so funny is that right he was such a big deal. I, I mean, that to me is like, I was like, I want to make art that feels like this. Like, yeah. that's, I just remember, you know, I was yeah. also younger, so I think there's that angsty kind of. And I, you know what? My overalls are making noises. I'm sorry. It's okay. Do you hear that? A little. I didn't. Aristotle? All right. Now I just took my overall bibs off. But... Take the bibs off. Hey, oh. I didn't know that term. <laughs> I didn't know the term. Uh, but you, yeah. Well,. Do you are you want are you like shy talking about how old you are? Oh no. Um, I found Elliot Smith when I was like 16. I was late to the party. Late. I remember I was about 20, I'm 36, but I was about 23, 24 when I found uh-huh. him. So it was it was after he passed away. I remember I remember that day very well when he when passed he died? away. Yeah, and like hearing about it on the radio and people talking about it and um and then kind of just re- going backwards after right after that and yeah. like finding all of it. I remember when he played the Oscars. I was that Oscars. way with Radiohead, by the way. I just want to say, you like once in later? Rainbows came out, I was like, these guys are. Why wasn't anyone? And then wait, everyone what was else? telling me. What else? And then I went back. So I'm incapable of being like, oh, okay, computer, change it, because I just listened to all of it on shuffle. Yeah. Similar with Elliot Smith. Well, where did you grow up again? Uh, Boston. Okay. Cause, outside of. Because I feel like I don't. I didn't have like. Where? The, uh, Nazareth, Pennsylvania. So I Nazareth? got in, yeah near Allentown and Bethlehem, the Lehigh really? Valley. Yeah, the Lehigh Valley. <laughs> yes, is a part of the country. Is the Bible Town? Uh, there's a lot of yeah. There's like there's Bethlehem and Nazareth are the big names, I guess. And then and there's a cheese store in my town, and the slogan is "Cheeses of Nazareth." <laughs> That's so good. But yes, it right? took my breath away for a too. second, a little bit. Um, but Lord, uh, Lord Cheeses. <laughs> <laughs> they should do some sort of Christmas pun. Yeah. Uh, but uh, so you're from that part of the country, and Elliot yeah, Smith was but, not being passed around. Well, no, as much? it was like you, I, you know, I've listened to pop radio, I listened to Broadway, you know, musicals, and anything you could buy at Walmart. Really, like it was uh, kind of before the internet. I knew how to find music. You know, isn't that funny? Of course, Elliot Smith. I'm not saying like, oh, he's so cool, but he's not something you'd want on the shelf at a Walmart. I don't see that moving. Yeah, I, yeah. Or if he was there, I wasn't. I mean, I yeah, bought the Backstreet Boys and stuff. You know, yeah, it was yeah, like, yeah. You know, it was... It's more of a now. That's what I call music, sort of. Yes. I, 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 why am I being sensitive? I don't want to put down the terrible corporation Walmart, <laughs> but it does seem like well, it was just a broader, you know, like you yeah. know, poppy, you know. You want to sell sell some discs? Yeah. You don't want to turn people on to dark soul stuff. What was your first CD? Do you remember what? I do. What, what a generous question. What was your first CD? That I'll tell you. Mine was the Top Gun soundtrack. <sighs> I bought it at the grocery store. We're including soundtracks because in that case ace ventura soundtrack oh ira newborn first track power of suggestion i don't know that song should i <laughs> no it's, it's what he's you remember ace ventura he's kicking the box down ups got it got a package people oh yeah and then he get, it's how he gets the dog back oh, okay at the beginning it's like the cold oh, open yeah, of the movie yeah. ira newborn's power of suggestion which is just a rock song lowercase r like he just <laughs> i'm not putting down old ira why am i sensitive today but i'm not putting him down but he just like wrote he got a job and had to write like a rock song so just like wrote a song and it's the power of suggestion power <laughs> it's strange but it's true what i put on you like what that has nothing to do with the song, you can with sing. the movie. Well, I didn't know. I didn't. What is that? Sing. My fantasy. Everybody's fantasy when they let out a little ditty, and you're yeah. like, "Hey, hey, <laughs> that was good." 
But you, your first soundtrack was was Top Gun, yeah. Which I feel like this guy Ira that you're talking about was probably influenced by Kenny Loggins and all of his, you know, sounds like. Yeah. You know, I feel like there was a time when there was a soundtrack market and there were like five guys. Yeah. Right. I used to have a bit. I think people have done it. Like I, you get the Jurassic Park soundtrack, and the first five tracks, the first one would be like na 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 na, and you're like, that's amazing. Amazing. Yeah. It's called intro. And the second one is called like Trouble in the Kitchen, and it's like like some sort of thing. And then yeah. track three is like uh, flying over mountains, and it's just track one but slower. <laughs> so just like, na, 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 na. And you're just it's like sadder, just a little bit. So, yeah, it's like less ah, instruments. Ah, ah. <laughs> they pulled some of the strings out, but it's the same fucking song. And then you realize you've been had. You just bought three songs, and one of them is just Trouble in the Kitchen. No one's putting that on to start a party. <laughs> Trouble in the Kitchen could be a good little like rock song, but no, it's yeah. just strings. No, I am a huge John Williams fan though I, I mean I remember that was the th- I mean going to see Jurassic Park in the theater and just coming out with that music in your yeah. head it's so it's incredible yeah so a, a soundtrack is good what do, do you remember what your first like pop like your non-soundtrack or the um, first one that you loved I mean anything Billy Joel was like kind of a, Billy Joel yeah I, I was a Billy Joe I liked Green Day oh well, well, <laughs> I just had to take the L out and then we would have had something in common <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's the uh, more angsty Billy Joel. Yeah, is Billy Joe? Have they done a duet? And if if not, they should. Where is that? I'm sure they've talked about it. Or I, I don't I, know if they know each other. But. If I knew more Billy Joel songs, I'd be riffing a blend of a Green Day song right. and a Billy Joel. Billy Joel is piano man. Yeah, uh, which actually work. isn't one of my. Fa- I don't. Yeah, really you're, like you're that probably like a real Joel head. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, you, <laughs> you look at that as like creep. You're like, yes. no, we don't like creep. But I just, I was like your dad, and I was like, oh yeah, piano man. You're like, There's a lot more to be BJ than I, piano man. I, I mean, I grew up playing classical piano, and so uh, the fun, like, I got to play. His music was like, okay, if you did your lesson, then you can do one of the Billy Joel songs. You know, no, so it was like, a, he was, was your reward. Yeah, he was your goal. Yeah. At, How old were you when you started playing piano? Four. I was little. Four? Yeah, and I started competing at like. Five or six. Competing? Yeah. And I played classical piano. Who watches piano. a child playing the piano and goes, she's good. Let's make her prove it. And I don't even know that I was that good. I was just like sent into this system of like, okay, now go up in front of these Did judges. You, tiger parents? But, not that's not a bad thing. Tiger parents are just people that like have a uh, overdeveloped sense of like, look, her brain is forming now. We're going to get her to to learn the things that we wished we had learned. Um. Well, <laughs> I guess. I mean, my mom was always the, the taskmaster as far as piano goes. My brother and I both had to play piano. And did, and, you, did she tell you why? Um. I just my mom. She is a piano teacher as well. Although we didn't take piano for my mom, so it was just really important. I was just talking about that with someone where it's like you need. I think it was my therapist. Dr. Gary Penn. Mm-hmm. And he was like, you can't be too close to the person who's teaching you. Because you can tell your mom, like, fuck you. Not that you'd say fuck yeah. you to your mom. But you'd run away and, like, you'd, you'd get up and run. You'd be too exactly. comfortable with your mom. You needed to be like, Mr. Werner. There were many times with piano that I got up and ran. Not in front of my teacher, of course, yeah. but practicing. I, really? I had such temper tantrums. I was a crazy kid. Really? Like, as far as piano goes. if I, It was always against myself. If I messed up and I messed up again, I would just flip out. Oh, you were hard on yourself. Yes, like I would, and I'd flip furniture over. No, Tiny Kate Micucci. Yeah, yeah, like imagine those temper tantrums. Flipping like the piano old. bench and yeah. all the sheet music yes. flies out. Like ser- that happened many times. <laughs> I would get so angry. So you were like a volatile, not volatile, uh, in touch. You were emotive. Yeah, and perfectionist too. I think I, I at then I was just like, if I can't get this, why can't I get this? And then rah, like throw something. Or- and are you still that way? 
No, you know, it's like I used to. How like, clean is your apartment? No, I, that's the thing. It's not the cleanest. <laughs> I, I mean, I, it's clean as far as like cleanliness goes. But sure. I, I, I find like when I have like all my paintbrushes, and then if, if I have my stuff out, then I'm gonna use it. And then if it's all tidy, then I don't go uh, to it. You know, that's so right. If everyone, I don't paint much, but every once in a while, if I'm like, I want to paint, you know, what stops me is you go like, I gotta get the fucking tarp. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like you have to lay something on the floor. It's a whole ordeal. Like, Fuck that shit. But if you leave it out, yeah, that's why. Like, uh, did you see Vicky Cristina Barcelona? Yes. His house is just like canvases everywhere and paint everywhere. That's what it should look like in your house. That is, I I've, I did three art shows this past year, which is sort of ridiculous in some way, but I loved when my, like right before when I have just canvases everywhere, like yeah. I, it, it was my, I felt so good in my apartment because yeah. it was just like a big old, like it's not, it's a mess, but it's like a creative mess, you know? Yeah. It's like, it's not, you know, it's not like there's pizza boxes everywhere. <laughs> right. Which would be okay. That would be if you were in a rock band. There yeah, right? cigarettes and pizza. And a little rat just, like, goes by. Rolling yeah. rocks. <laughs> that's why, this is not the case with Valerie, but, like, that's why it can be easier to be more creative when you're single. This is something that we mm. talk about on the show, is because you can have the crazy apartment. Like, I always think of, like, Sherlock Holmes in the books and in the John, fine Johnny Depp films. He's always, like, in his weird house alone with the huge, like, back in the day, curtains were huge. Huge. <laughs> it was the golden age of fabric. In the eighties, I want to say blinds were huge because I want to do right. a montage of like blinds with the light just coming through them in eighties movies. You know, like I, I wish somebody. I don't. I don't have the patience to go yeah. through all the eighties movies. But please, someone put that montage yeah. together. I'd be so happy. Somebody will do it. Yeah, but um, but anyway, but the yeah. deck, the different ways we were blocking the sun. Yeah, and the walls, like wallpaper. There's all. There's a lot of interior decoration. But like in those days, you'd have the windows curtains. the size of like the drawbridge to a castle, mm-hmm. and like these huge. Like you have to have like you have to get your resolve about you to close the curtains. <laughs> like, shh, you know, and then he'd sit in a chair and just like think. And there were books everywhere, and that that's like what it looks like when you're in that very antisocial but very productive creative space. Yeah. And Watson has to come in with coffee and be like, the the help says that you've been shooting your gun. You know what I mean? <laughs> because you have to kind of get into that space sometimes. Yeah, and it's easier to get into it when it's already kind of like this weird nest where you know your way yeah. around it. I like a messy desk. Yeah. Do you have I, a messy desk? Yeah, I mean, it's basically I have this giant like counter table thing that has my paints and this is and ex- just, that excites I mean, me and, and I'm I, a person that drives by staples and I get excited thinking about all the paper and pens and <laughs> so I, you're just saying like I have a huge what did you say a counter like it's just a countertop it's like it's like an island and that's where all my stuff is get the fuck out but then <laughs> that's like exciting to me is it I, feel, I don't know why it's very, I mean I live in a loft so it's kind of cool so that's there and then upstairs is my music and you stuff. have tall ass ceilings yeah real t- so I always feel like it's good because my ideas can go like bing up high and then come back down can't you know get your shit into this basket because I'm taking it home. That's amazing. It's good. I really, I do like it. So the, the space has an energy to it. it. Yeah, when it when it gets going, you know, it's always, it's been weird because I haven't been in, I haven't been home a lot this past year and so like, it takes a while for me to kind Doing of... Doing triple movies. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, no, that's amazing. And, and, I'm not teasing. <laughs> <laughs> but then also it's weird. It's always an adjustment to get back to my to my apartment and be like, okay, what is my life here? How do I work here? Yeah. And it takes a little while to get in the groove. Can I just say, though, I think that's one of the great privileges of, of, of a creative life. Or I can't speak to other types of lives. I'm sure there are other types of jobs that are like this. I, don't, I can't think of what they might be. But this sort of life has novelty built into it. 
So I was just shooting our show for three months in New York. Right. And then you come back and I had that same thing. We were like, wait, who am I here? Yeah. And it's kind of exciting. It's like having different lovers, for lack of a better analogy. But you're just kind of like, oh, right, you're the friend that I'm this way. And my house, I'm kind of like, oh, I'm like way healthier in L.A. Oh, big time. Like I'm I mean, outside. Because you don't turn a corner and see pizza, right? Like in New York, I get so much pizza. Fuck you, New York. I love you, New York, but fuck you. All it is is cheese and basil. If you <laughs> made L.A. smell like cheese and basil, people would be like, it's the greatest city on earth. <laughs> you can't get it. First, you're in the subway and you smell shit and piss, which is fine. You get used to it. And we're all playing a game of pretend like you don't notice. But then you come up. The stop that I would get on the train was right by a two boots. Every day I would smell this pizza. Yeah. And then, you know, I'm a vegan or I try to be a vegan. I'm a fleegan. I'm flexible. Like several hours later – would be thinking about maybe not ordering it, but I'd be like, you got pizza. It's because <laughs> the smell planted a little tracking device in me. I never want pizza in L.A. That's true. Yeah. In New York, every day, it was a definitive no. Suddenly, I had a new toddler made of cheese and sauce, and he was always <laughs> going to play with me. I was like, get the fuck out of here. But here, I have, like, the kale child. That's good. Yeah, it's much, there's much a, easier. I feel like maybe there's more access to or, or less oh, options. Sure. I don't know. It's also sunlight. Yeah, it's sunlight and it's and it's wider spaces and stuff. And I and I don't know. I think it's mostly the sun. Had you ever lived in New York before working yeah. on your show? Oh, I you did. did. You're a generous question person. Am I? Yeah. Oh, that's thank very you. nice. Very nicely done. <laughs> Thanks, you said I can sing. I'm like, good job. <laughs> but you get back into. So you have that novelty. You are in one mode. And th- this is novelty. It's one of the hum- essential human needs that I, th- I think this is why people cheat on their partners and all these different things is because they're craving something new. They get bored. But, exactly. Yeah. But one message that – one message. One thing that I feel like I've learned is you can find novelty in other ways that satiates just an overall need for novelty. It doesn't have to be – Janet, the woman you work with. You know right. what I mean? It can be – and then we were in New York for three months. And then and then I came back to my loft and I was back at the counter. And I was like, how am I this again? It scratches that itch just a little bit. Yeah. And then you fuck Janet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Wait, so what was it like coming home? You came home and you had to – you were saying you had to like get back into the rhythm of being here? Yeah. I mean I – I've been here for four weeks right now, and I've, I'm feeling really weird about it because it's the longest I've been in L.A. in, like, over a year. Really? And so it's, like, a strange thing because even, you know, uh, well, like, when Ricky and I would tour, like, when we were touring a lot, it was Ricky always, Lindholm. As uh, uh, the other half of Garfunkel and Oates. She is Garfunkel. I am Oates. Yep. You're um, clearly Oates. I yes. didn't need it explained. I knew you were out. Yep. <laughs> oh, I didn't mean this time. I meant oh, the first, first time met? I saw you. I was like, yes. that's out. <laughs> I know. I always, my line that I've said a lot of times that I'm just shorter and if I'm not careful, I have a mustache. But uh, thank goodness uh, for lasers. <laughs> Oats should be told of these lasers. I met Oats once. <laughs> He's great, right? He was kind of cold to me. Oh, no, really? But he, you're another Oats, so he, I mean, he must have been he thrilled. He is the coolest. I, I really, really love him. You never know. I mean, like, I'm sure, like, if you, in an off moment or an off sure. day, but he's just the nicest. You know what? I just did the thing that I can't stand. He was normal to me. Yeah. Hall was very nice. Oh, that's cool. I've and then Oats was just like, hello. And I'm like, what a bitch. <laughs> No, he's really, really. No, I, I'm calling myself out on my shit. Like yeah. he was clearly just a normal person. Yeah. But the expectation on people meeting celebrities is like, he better tell me I have a good voice. Like, yeah. <laughs> so uh, Oates, and you were saying? Oh yeah, uh, no, I was just saying that he he's 
I don't even know where you were saying the three. You've been back in town for three weeks. Oh yeah, feeling weird, and it is weird, and it's. But I, I, uh, I'm already ready to leave again. But we're going to play the High Plains Comedy Festival on Saturday, and then playing Chicago the next day. So I feel like okay, getting out of town. I just feel like. I'm I'm happier when I hop on that plane and I'm like ready to take off again. A little know? wanderlust. Yeah, that's a good place to be. It, I guess I, so. Yeah. Were you always in love with traveling? Because for me, I, I've said this on the podcast many times, so I'll put it to you. I had to tell myself hotels mean clean towels. So you oh, find yeah. this thing that you like, even in a shitty hotel. The worst hotel will have clean towels, and I've stayed in some shitholes. There's always nice clean towels. So then you try and seduce yourself into loving traveling. Did you always like it? Um, you know, I think it, we didn't travel a lot growing up at all. And so like hotels always felt very exotic to me, like, yeah. like felt like something out of a movie. So you didn't I didn't go to Galilee or the surrounding town <laughs> oh, <laughs> in <laughs> Pennsylvania, like a four hour delayed yeah. Bible no. town joke. Um, no, you didn't travel. So you we did didn't like travel it. too much. So, I mean, we would go to Hershey park and stay in a hotel and that would be like, Ooh, very exciting. And, yeah. um, you know, it was like a, a best Western or something, but yeah. like, I loved, I always loved the smell of like the cleaning products in a hotel, you know, when I was a kid, it same felt, products. Yeah. From the four seasons down, everyone's using the same smelling stuff. <laughs> it's the surplus carpet cleaner that everyone buys. Yeah, it is probably the carpet cleaner, isn't it? It's got to be. Yeah. It's got to be. Um, I don't know. I don't know how that works. But but yeah, so I, I think now I, I, I do like hotels, I think, you yeah. know? I really like allowing myself to like, get, like, because before, like, when I was growing up, room service was you just like you would no. We'll go to the store. We'll bring some candy to yeah. you know. Like it was so to get room service felt like this crazy luxury. Yep. So like I love to get like a bowl of ice cream and like you know watch TV in bed. Yeah. Like, that's so cool. Val and I we I've been work, working hard in editing, which uh, you know is on a sofa. So how hard could it be? But it is. It's a lot excruciating it's, yeah. at times. You have to watch the same moment. It's actually Berbiglia that told me he was like humans were not made to watch over and over the same moment. No. And change one tiny thing, then watch it again, then change one tiny thing and change it again. It messes with your head, I it think. It does mess like, with your head. Especially where it's like, okay, we're going to take a break, and then it freezes on your face in the weirdest position, and it's there for a whole 45 yep. minutes, and yep. then you're like, you come back, and your face is still looking like that, yep. and you're like, what? You're like, it's weird. Judge just took a photo of me, he Instagrammed a photo of me watching a cut, uh-huh. and that can be really fun, but at the same time, I pop my collar like like a cool guy. But it's to cover my fate. Like I want to slink yeah. into my jacket, and then I chew again, like like a not like a cool guy, you know, <laughs> like a nervous teenager. I chew on the edge of my jacket. Like I have to. I should get a stress toy or something because it's so. It can be so naked. I guess yeah. is the best way to put it. You're just like this is so much me, and I'm here, and it's wonderful. But it can be difficult. Also, like when you see that one take where you're like, "What was I even thinking?" I oh, like, yeah, it's painful. And you wish you could go back in time. Yeah, and be like, sometimes. Luckily, so far we've been getting very lucky. Where we're like, "Is there one where you do?" It's always did Pete do it smaller? Is there <laughs> one where Pete does it smaller? Luckily, we did do some smaller ones, and we we always use those. Right. The ones that got laughs on the day. Those are gone. You know what Mike yeah. calls them, Berbiglia? He calls them um, Video Village laughs. Video Village is where, I'm telling the yep. listeners, is where everyone's watching on monitors. So they're filming and then a, a little distance away, everyone's in those director chairs and they're watching the monitors. And sometimes you can kill with them and yeah. then none of, he's like, none of it makes the movie. None of it makes the show. It's just you being funny. It's good to do to like keep morale up, but yeah. it never makes it. 
It's funny. That reminds me of the very, very first job, paying job I had as an actor was for a commercial uh, for moviephone.com. Uh-huh. And still, still getting their name out there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're, it was a lifelong contract. You're still doing Movie it. Moviephone.com. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and get on yeah. E-Trade while you're at it. Just get on E-Trade. <laughs> It's easy. A baby could do it. <laughs> <laughs> so you go on. Um, so this is <laughs> like 10 years ago, or I don't know, and, and I got cast, and I was so thrilled. And it was like a bite. It was like $500 for like one day of work. And mm. all it was was a one-shot thing of uh, of a girl eating a candy bar in a car, and that was it. And then there would be a, a like a voiceover talking about Is it your voice? Wasn't even no. It was it, weirdly. I randomly met the woman whose voice it was years later. She was like, "I was the voice." In no that. Yeah. way. But, but uh. But I so I I got there and they had cast me and another girl and they were they didn't know which one they were going to use. So they just shot both. Yeah. And and never has this happened since that I've I mean No, that's it's, very It was weird. bizarre and the girl who went before me it was a really hot day and we were like shooting in Van Nuys in a <coughs> car so it was super hot and her candy bar was melting all over her hand and it was like they were laughing and like Video Village was flipping out. Yeah. And I was like oh, Man, I'm like, I wonder if my candy bar will melt, you know? And then oh I go in there goodness. and it didn't, and it was like just pretty normal. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I know she got the job. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But then I got the job. That's so, so funny. Yeah, it was the subtle take. The things, like, it's the same with a writer's room. When you're, when you're writing something, and you wrote your Garfunkel Notes TV yeah. show, right? You, uh, you guys wrote, We were in the room, yeah. Yeah, there you go. And Rick, yeah, Ricky wrote, he, I don't know, we, were, we all worked, yeah, we worked on it. But you've written, time. you've yeah. done writing. Sometimes the things that can kill the writer's room. Uh, ne- won't make it either. Like those mm-hmm. aren't. It's just like it's easy to kind of like betray the scene or betray the character. Like imagine if I said that or like a lot of the times like the things that I do that would make people laugh. And it was always on like take eight or whatever. So we pretty much have it. But you'd do something like, "Wow, what a weird lesson for me to learn at this point." Or something, <laughs> something like really on the nose. <laughs> but that's the kind of thing about editing is I think you learn. I feel like I learn a lot. I learned a lot from going through that and watching take after take. You know, yeah. and like, and yeah. And I, I don't know. It's it is like, and also how you can make a whole new thing out of. Uh, well, that's show, what's you know? incredible. Yeah, is is and I've watched Jed do this where he'll be like, you should take this and and uh, make it more. Let's just say it was like make it more awkward, and you can make yeah. things more awkward. You just inc- include like just how you would make any conversation awkward. You put more pauses in, more space, and you do all these little tricks. So it's like not done until it's done. There's all these different kind of tools or colors that you're painting with and editing is like the final one and you'd think it would just be like let's put together what we have but it's really this whole other creative experience yeah novelty it, it, yeah truly yeah. <laughs> but it's it is it's a it's really editing is su- super fascinating yeah. i think it's like yeah you can make you can make five different shows out of the thing you've yeah. Shot, you know? yeah 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 or yep that's absolutely true yeah. you're talking about your i was interested in your creative process once you get to your loft and you're you're, oh, yeah. you're starting it up and something that you made me think of was sometimes if I'm sitting down to do something, the thing that, you know, when they talk about writing or whatever, they're like the first step is the butt meets the seat. You know, they're like you actually oh, okay. have to sit yeah. there. And that's like a huge accomplishment is if you can actually get in front of your computer or whatever, your pad or whatever you're doing. But you know what I've noticed is like it's this machine and it can be very not unpleasant but labored to start. So it's kind of like the mousetrap machine or maybe that torture machine from The Princess Bride. There's all the like, (laughs) the water goes down and then the bucket's lowered and the thing starts spinning. And it takes about 45 minutes to, I guess you could say, just get the juices flowing or whatever. 
And that's hard to do. That's the thing that you're resisting. So it's like, oh, I got to lay down the tarp to paint. Mm-hmm. Or anytime you watch like an exercise infomercial, they're like, the issue's always been time. You don't have time. You just got 10 minutes to work out. I'll give you abs, right? And you're like, it's not time. It's that I have to move the car <laughs> if I'm going to get in the garage and do burpees. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so like I find that the creative process can have an like this part that's moving the car. That nothing is happening. It's just you sitting there waiting for something to start, and you're writing all this garbage. And then finally, you, it's so funny. You, you just said this, car. and I thought it was a piano. Yeah, well, what was that your that was your my, typewriter? My huge your typewriter. My, we're in the the eighties. My eighty-eight keyed <laughs> black and white typewriter. But what is it like creating for you? Is it pleasant? Is it unpleasant? You know, it it really depends on the thing I'm working on. Like like when I'm writing music, I I find that it all I'll find I'm. In a, in a way that I get this weird headache. Like, it's not even like a... I don't this, I don't know if this happens to you when you're writing, but, like, I feel like I'm in a fog. I feel mm. kind of, like, almost a little dizzy. Like, a little... If, if I'm really, like, channeling something, I don't know where it's coming from. Mm. I, and I know it's like... It's like working out a weird math problem or something where it's so foggy and so hazy, but you can sort of see your way out. And I, I mean, that's kind of... Exciting, but also like kind of uncomfortable, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so when that get, happens, I'm like, ugh. So you get like literally foggy. What do you like if you're in that place and you see something like somebody talks to you or something? Is it kind of like leave me alone? I'm I'm in my weird ether phase. Yeah. Well, when usually I'm by myself. If it's something, you know, if I'm making something or if I'm writing with Ricky, um, we know each other so well that we kind of have the shorthand even how we talk to each other, you know. So if we're if we're writing a song together and we're going back and forth, it's sort of like. Yeah, we'll be in this haze, but we're kind of in it together, which is yeah. kind of neat. Like, I, we were able to sort of be in that same place. But often I'm just, I, you know, when I'm sitting at the piano and writing something by myself or if I'm if I'm painting, it's like kind of a different place. It's a different mm. part of the brain. Mm-hmm. It's more of like you can check out completely. Where I think with, with music, it's a little bit more, I don't know. It, it's, it's almost more mathematical. Yeah, or a little bit. Or, you know, you analytical. You have to like. I want to make sure that I'm recording it, and there's a little bit more of like, okay, stop and go, and here, and how about this, and go back and yeah. rewind. And yeah. with painting, you're just going. Yeah. So it's a different thing. It's making me miss painting. There, there is something about it that is just so enveloping. You know what I mean? That's what you're doing. You're not like. Yeah. I mean, you could be. It sounds like you do work on two things at the same time, but it, it will take you all the way in if you if you allow it. And it's not so analytical. It really is a little bit more tactile. And certainly visual, and, and you're just kind of playing a little bit more than you are going like, I think a line here would look great. And you can't just like undo it. Like you have to like work with the mistakes and yeah. you have to kind of like be less in your head. Yeah. And I I, I, I miss it too in a way because I, I do cartooning more now and mm-hmm. I, I do – I'll do cartoons on bigger canvases and so that's still painting. And I'll, I do these kind of big mural-ish sort of things that connect. And there are cartoons but there's paint. It's it, But it's still – it's a little bit more like – coloring than it is like when when i used to do oil painting and i would you know paint a model or something Mm. that was like where i'd really get lost Mm -hmm. yeah were you trained classically Mm, i mean i went to art school for for two years in college and i was going to be a toy designer that was my plan oh really um but then tom hanks yeah i I was one of my it's still one of my favorite movies so that's like such a every kid that saw that was like that's what i'm gonna do yeah well what a great job i'm gonna get a bunk bed he lives in a loft i know i want a trampoline but i don't think you're doing it (laughs) and design toys yeah do you still like toys 
Um, I, mean, I would play with toys if it was socially acceptable. I really like building toys. Like if if I'm you know babysit or not, not I don't babysit anymore. I used to babysit all the time. I love how I'm like if I babysit, I haven't babysat in like eight years, That's maybe hilarious. ten years. But um, your subconscious has yet to get the memo. That I know you're a successful <laughs> artist. I miss babysitting in some way. Yeah, but sure. Like, if I'm at a friend's, I house, would love for someone to be like stay in my house and watch my child. Just like pretend you're. The parents for one for four hours. I yeah. think that sounds really interesting. It's probably really good birth control too. <laughs> yeah, know? that too. Make them oves yeah. dry right up. I'm like okay. We also later. have to like find the silverware drawer. That's interesting stuff. Seeing how people live. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, they put the almond milk on the bottom shelf. <laughs> so weird. It's really fun. Yeah. But I love Legos. I love building toys. You know. Ah, you were one of those. Yeah. What I were wasn't you? a Lego kid. No. You'd think I would have been. Were you into like He-Man and those types I of things? I loved He-Man. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting. I've been thinking lately about the the myths that we have. And America has a lot of like um, su- like uh, one-person myths. Like if you go to India, like there are more mythologies, just stories. And like uh, it's in the cultural kind of subconscious that like group group is good. Yeah. Honor your family. Certainly like Asia all over, not just India, but Asia has this idea of like the family, the family unit. And we all have like He-Man. He-Man does what He-Man needs to do and the glory goes to He-Man. You know what I'm saying? I also, I was talking about this the other day with someone. He-Man, the name He-Man yeah, is so I, We couldn't make it funny. any more masculine. Yeah. He-Man, the dude, is the only way. He had a good haircut. He had a great haircut. Very 80s. Very, very timeless, actually. Yeah. You know, <laughs> that could have been right. the 30s. And now, I, if I saw someone in Silver Lake with that haircut, I'd be like, that seems right. And if you were in Denmark, you'd expect for 90% to have that yeah, haircut. Right. If you saw someone without that haircut, you'd go, haven't you seen him? <laughs> uh, where were we, though? We were talking about the process of creating, and then I started talking about cultural mythology, which was weird. And toys. And what kind oh, of toys, toys you liked. And like, you liked Legos. Yes. Good job. Mm-hmm. You should host this podcast. Oh, I know. <laughs> I, I envied the podcast. Uh, not the podcast. The Lego people. They seem like the smart people. I yeah, just, I like, have like the a building, game plan. The, or just like making something of, of nothing, you know, or, you know, that's the fun. I don't like to admit it, but I think I was the kid that liked building something with blocks just to like trample through it like Godzilla. Uh, it's always a fun part. It is fun. But then there was the quiet person in the corner, which was you. And some of them had like the electricity kit where uh-huh. you like welded things. Did you use that? No, I didn't. But I, I always admire. I was like, those were cool. Like they were in, you could get them at like the educational toy store. Yeah. You had yeah. to go to like a hobby shop. Yep. If your toys came from a hobby shop, you're probably making a million dollars a year. <laughs> I have a, a train set at my house, but I need to get a new engine. But it's a Z scale. Cause I, I've always had train sets. But you like trains? Yeah, what? I love building the worlds. You know, yeah. and like the little little thing. I just like little. Worlds. All of these things are uh, here. I am forcing my perspective on things, but it's like they're meditative, like trim, yeah. trimming a bonsai tree. Right? I have so many. I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> or putting together, like, train sets when I was a kid, because Reverend Lovejoy on The Simpsons has train sets, and there are other way, places that you'd see train sets in movies and whatnot. It was all these middle aged men who wanted to go to the garage and, like, do something. And I was like, I don't understand. It's not fun. And once the train just goes, that's all it fucking does. But it's the building of it yeah. that completely seizes your focus. And when you're looking at, like, a tiny lighthouse by a tiny fake ocean in your in your tiny town, it's you're not thinking about 
goddamn Diane, your boss, who's like riding your ass about those papers or whatever the fuck your life is. Yeah. That's my guess, though. It's Yeah, you're, you're more concerned about, you know, making the ocean out of resin or it's something. It's nice yeah. making the world <laughs> yeah. small. But that's what your cartoons do, too. It's these the little snapshots. Instead of the overwhelming nature of like, look at everything you could be doing, which is way too much, you kind of focus it into these little slivers and go like, just this moment. Just yeah. this one kind of thought. And it's very elegant. Oh. Yeah. I like your cartoons. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. It's funny. I've I've tried I've I've been trying to figure out how to make my cartoons on a bigger scale, but I I think Just they work best when they're True. I mean, I have. Um, I, I've made them really. What do you big, mean on a bigger scale? Like I, I've I've made them on big canvases, but I, I don't. Oh, you literally that... just mean on a bigger scale. Yeah. The joke that I just thought I was making. I thought you just meant in another way. No, just like truly making them larger. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I and I have. I just I kind of feel like they work best when they're tiny, and you kind yeah. of you go up to them and have a moment with this thing that's smaller. Yeah. Um, but I'm figuring it out as I go. You I know? love in. Uh, I think it's being John. It is being John. No, it's yeah. Oh, there's some movie where you, I think it's being John Malkovich, where you look at paintings and you have to wear magnifying glasses to oh, see them. Oh, yeah. What, they're these uh, tiny paintings. It's been a really long time since It's a Charlie Kaufman movie, I think, Must for be sure. that, right? I love that. I, there is something fun about small and less being more and all that sort yeah, of stuff. Yeah, or just like, yeah, and, and also just like pen and paper. There's something, just the homemade quality of yeah. something so simple. Jamie Lee used to make these cartoons on Post-it notes, and there was something oh, yeah. just so like, we all have Post-it notes, and we all have pens, and there's something kind of magical about going, yeah, but I made something worthy of framing out of a Post-it note. Yeah. And the medium itself was part of the enjoyment. Is you're like, this is just something you would do bored in an office job, which is what she was doing at the time. But then she made something kind of lovely out of it. And I think it's also fun. It's like a fun game if you're with people. Like, I'll draw two two characters with just bubbles and then everybody else puts the jokes in and it's like a really it's because people are really funny you know it's like everyone's funny in their own way and so right. when you put it in in a context of a, of a drawing it really kind of like solidifies even if the joke doesn't work exactly it's still great i i smoked pot a little while ago and i, I remember i was thinking creative why are like musicians often funny and why are comedians often okay at maybe playing a couple no i'm not saying good but they can kind yeah. of Go to the piano and bang something out. This is actually something I realized recently with Val is when I'm high, I can play the piano. <laughs> oh, I cannot. I've tried. I'm like, I, it's the worst. Really? Oh, my God. I, don't, I can't really do anything if I'm high. I'm really not good well, at it. Well, I, I, I'm not good high either, and I don't, I don't smoke a lot, but I've been smoking a little bit more because Val loves marijuana, so it's around more. Yeah. So on like a lazy Sunday or something, you catch yourself smoking pot, and then you, it does help me loosen up. So anyway, the thought that I had while I was high was, it's like it's not that talented people are good at one thing. It's that I feel, feel like talented people can get in touch with the confidence and the self-love required to be bold and try something. Oh, so when you have a caption contest, you're creating a safe space yeah. for everyone to go, you've kind of done the work. Not not all of the work, but you've done the entryway, which is kind of the hard way in. you got to get them in the temple. And then anybody can go in and participate and play with the New York caption contest, New Yorker caption yeah. contest, or what you're doing. But like, You've had cartoons. Have you had a cartoons in the New Yorker? What is this? The build-up Pete Hour? No, yes, I have. I, someone told me this, and I, I wanted to ask you about that because I've always wanted to submit, but I know there's a whole process, and I, I've not oh, looked sure. into it. But, um, but how did, did you draw them as well? Yeah, I did. I did. Yeah. How have I not seen these? Um, I'm you sorry, can, Pete. You can I should see really them look them up. On the Cartoon Bank. But there's only four. I only sold four. But that's is, a lot, isn't it? I agree. It's, it was actually very deliberate. When I sold my fourth, I was like, and I'm done. Oh, wow. Because it took too much effort. 
I, I love the New York. It was a dream. Yeah. I, I, I'm not a bucket list person, but I was like, I always wanted to. Ever since I was a kid, the the funny pages were very important. Then when I got old enough, the New Yorker became very like important. It still is yeah. important. It's the font. It's like it's like I don't All know. It's it. it's. Yeah. I used to submit mine with uh, I'd, I'd draw them on eight and a half by eleven paper, and then I'd print them. I'd print the captions in italics. Wow. At the bottom, oh, just smart. to make them even more completely unnecessary. <laughs> but I wanted them to look as New Yorky yeah. as possible. I would also Xerox them with the contrast way up. So my it blacks felt, would be really yeah. black. So it would look like it was printed. I had all these tricks. But <laughs> tricks, things that I learned from other cartoonists. The funny thing, and I've said this on the podcast before, is anybody can go to the New Yorker cartoon meeting, which is crazy. That's, it's like every Tuesday it's or something? It's Tuesday morning. Yeah. I'm pretty sure, unless it changed. So uh, you go. But here's the thing, because every once in a while we'd get a bogey, like a, a random guy yeah. who had like one cartoon. In fact, I remember one of them. He drew uh, that famous Scream painting. Uh-huh. So his drawing was a, re- a recreation of the Scream painting, which right away you're kind of like, well, I don't know if you can draw or if you just recreated the Scream painting. Yeah. So that's a bad example to start with. And then secondly, uh, the joke was pretty bad. It was ice cream, you scream, we all scream for ice cream, which is, you know – that's not even a, an original joke. It's terrible. It's it's really bad. <laughs> it, was, it was really, really bad. But I remember the editor was gracious to that guy because I think I wanted to talk shit about him. I was like, who was that guy? Yeah. You know? But I, also, I mean, my heart, like I, I say, oh, that's not. And then all of a sudden immediately I'm like, that's not a joke. I'm like, oh, this guy no, I put the effort in. And yeah. like, he, you know, that was his day. And he, like, but that, you, know, you, know, you know what yeah. I'm learning these days is like the thing, whatever your God is. And I don't mean in a religious way. Whatever you're in service of wants you to prove that you want it. The, the ancient peoples all knew this. They're throwing people into volcanoes. They're manufacturing suffering because they know something is refined and renewed through the process. So one of the things that made The New Yorker so beautiful was the rejection of it. Because you don't want to sell a cartoon your first time out. Yeah. And that guy, that bogey, as I call him, who slipped in, should be eliminated. Otherwise, it's meaningless. And we're all just manufacturing manufacturing meaning anyway we're like what if we all agreed that the new yorker is prestigious okay let's do that and we do yeah but really it's 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 you know that's a pretend thing we go these ideas are better than these ideas i happen to agree because i'm a human being and i've bought into this illusion or whatever and then when you submit cartoons you're playing and you're like can i get into the best cartoon magazine that's ever existed and if some guy who your heart is breaking for because you're very sweet could get in that easily it means nothing that's a very good point it's the fight club thing in the movie fight club if you want to join project mayhem that's what it was i couldn't remember it on on kenya's podcast you have to stand on the porch for three days and mr miyagi makes you rake his his yard before he'll teach you karate yeah and this is how we want it we should have it no other way that's why it's frustrating, I think, for some people, especially with comics, when young comics who haven't seemed to pay their dues flare up so beautifully that they kind of bypass some of that. And I'm all for that, but it can frustrate some of the guys that are like, but I've been in the diamond mine for years and I haven't found shit. Yeah. Yeah, and also it's funny. I, I, I guess you can kind of relate it to any, any, anything in some way, but especially the arts are like, you know, auditions or commercial auditions especially. Yeah. I, you know, I'm like, oh, I feel bad for that guy because he spent so much of his day. But I'm like, how many times have I and everyone else dressed up and put on yeah. that right outfit and and on the subway your with and, your lines? Yeah, like that's everyone just... can see your stupid lines, and it just says "eat a candy bar in a hot car," <laughs> and you're and just like, practicing like the miming of eating a candy yeah. bar, and you look just as crazy as everyone else. But this is what I've learned. I, I'm 37, so we're kind of almost the same age. Yeah, I, I, we love our war stories. They're treasures. Yeah, They're treasures. It's so good. Like, what do you look back on as your painful showbiz birthing like 
I'm, I'm sure I, you have a bunch of them. I mean, yeah, there's so many. I mean, there's not like one thing that I'm like, oh, and then this happened, and I can't believe. Right. You know, I think for me, I, I've been really, I guess, in some way fortunate because it's just every year has been a little more interesting and a little bit more exciting. And I mean, granted, it's been, it's so much hard work and it's, you know, there's so many heartbreaks along the way, but um, but every year has been like a, a little bit more and a little bit more. You know, yeah. I haven't had that year of like, zoom, like oh wow. You know, it's like it's been pretty steady, but right. pretty great. Like you know, I, I can't complain in that sense. But, but at the beginning, was there anything that crushed you that made you question whether or not you should even be doing it? I know you've been blessed. I'm not blessed. I, yeah, you've been uh, what's also, the word? I don't know if it's that or if it's I. I it's I, not blessed. I, I also couldn't can just be a little bit. Uh, oblivious and optimistic all at once. So I'm just like, I got, I, I, I just see that one. But like, talk about that. Yeah. I know a lot of people, Mike Birbiglia talks about this in his first movie, mm-hmm. uh, Sleepwalk With Me, where he's like a stand up, I quote it all the time, has to be able to get on stage, do badly, and get off stage and go, that went pretty well. <laughs> yeah. I think that or went well. Also, I mean, those moments, I mean, I'm sure you probably feel the same way. Like when you have a, a, a like when you bomb on stage, it's still like you. You're like okay. I, it, there's that addiction to go. Okay, let me fix this. I got to get mm. right back and do that again. Well, that's interesting. Like, I, I at least I, that's the oh, piano person throwing the the bench you're right. over. right. Yeah, I wasn't throwing the couch over. At, you know, wherever. No, but that's but, yeah. good. But no, I was. Yeah, I, I was going to say I wasn't throwing the couch over at UCB, but I was throwing yeah. it up over at my ah. parents' house. Uh, but you need to have if you if you can make your dysfunction serve you in some way, that's a really good thing. So here you are. Uh, I don't know. It's not perfectionist. I know what it is. Mm-hmm. There's a word for whatever it is you are. If you go up and you bomb and you go, I have to redeem this somehow. Yeah. That could be – somebody might be go like, why don't you just love yourself for who you are? And you go like, because I can't. I have to go. I have to cleanse this. I have to fix it. I go back on the stage That's and do a, it over again. Yeah. And then the optimism to be like, even though – and you must have stunk at some point. Like oh, you, you stunk I mean, and think – I think I might be okay at this. I think – well, I think – my my first time performing, like when I was when I started performing around LA, I was um, this was before Garfunkel Notes. I, I had I played my ukulele and I had a snorkel that I sang like a virgin through the snorkel, and I had these bird puppets that I made out with, and like I was doing some weird stuff. And uh, like what? I'm just kidding. You, you gave three examples. <laughs> but uh, but why did you sing like a virgin through a snorkel? It was a thing. I had a snorkel. I was like I was moving with my friends to this new house. This is like right out of college and I had a snorkel sitting there and I just started singing through it and everyone was laughing and so then when I was like oh, I want to perform on stage oh that snorkel bit worked That's you know like so I just funny. I, I feel like everybody I ever lived with had to endure like just me singing songs at them and going That's what do you think about this because I I knew I wanted to perform way before I actually got up on a stage and started doing it but, um, and what, what helps you get from there to there because I know there's probably a lot of people that are wonderful, silly, and, and you're not a traditional showbiz type. You're not like a fat white guy. You know what I mean? <laughs> fat white guys, uh, you know, I, I, I just mean like big presences, loud presences. You don't actually have to be fat. It's like a thing inside. You go outside and you want to yell at people and you're used to people listening to you and you're used to people. And here you are kind of, uh, you know, a smaller voice doing your cool little things. How do you get from that to trying it for the first time? Well, it was – I was – I was already acting, and I was doing this movie uh, in L.A., and, and one of the actors in the movie, this guy John Weinberg, John had just uh, put out a book of um, of poetry, and he was doing a poetry reading, and I would always have my ukulele just, like, on set, you know? This was before the ukulele boom of 2008. Um, <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, actually, yeah, that was a big year for the ukulele, and it, the sale went up. Sales of ukulele went up three hundred percent in two thousand and eight. Really? Mm-hmm. Val um, has a ukulele. Yeah, I feel like everyone should yeah, actually. Yeah. It's really easy to learn. I got it for her. She loves it. It's a it's a very pleasant way to kind of like spend a little, you know, even two two minutes, sing a little song. If you can just play it open stringed and it, that's kind of a chord, and yeah. then you put your finger on one fret and it still will be a new chord. It's kind of fun. It's great. It's fun to tool around on. I I, I yeah I agree. I, I you, so yeah oh no so I. I I was playing ukulele on set sometimes, just like I hope. I, looking back, I was probably that annoying girl, but that like, you know. Sure. But but uh, John I was like, it. "Hey, do you want to sing some songs at this poetry reading that I'm doing?" And so I, I was like, "Okay, that sounds great. Yeah, sure." So I was a little nervous, but um, it was at this little corner gallery in Silver Lake that's no longer. Um, and then just as I was there. Uh, Craig Anton walked by with his wife, and he saw me sing, and Craig uh, was doing the Tomorrow Show um, over at the Steve Allen Theater with Mm -hmm. Ron Lynch, and Craig was like, you should come by and perform on our show. And Hmm. I didn't really know what that was or really know anyone in the comedy world, but... um, I, I was like, okay, because I, I had wanted to perform, so like getting that invite to something was like, okay, great. <laughs> so that was the second show I did, and uh, while my first time at the Steve Allen, I, I met a bunch of, you know, great comedians. My first time kind of being in that world, and it was that midnight show, so it's like kind of late, everybody's a little tired, and um, and then the guy who runs the Steve Allen, Amit, said, why don't you have a solo show here? And Wait, after your first one? Yeah. And I was like, well, I don't, I'm, I'm still just figuring this out. But, um, but I, a few months later, no, I guess it was, yeah, but yeah, a few months later, I did my solo show there called Playing with Makuchi. But also that same Playing night, with Micucci. Uh, JP Buck was in the audience and he was, he was, <laughs> I know. Yeah. Um, Look, so it was, if your last name is Makuchi, you got to run with it, right? And you don't double down. Yeah. I always thought I would change my last name, but it's too really? late. Yeah. Really? I know. It's too late. You're now if, K Makuchi. I know. Sorry. I don't know what it would be. I would always want to keep it Italian, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you make it worse. Yeah. Mipuspus. Yeah. <laughs> what? You can't be Mipuspus. The person at the department is like, no, you don't want to do that. <laughs> so Kate Mipuspus. <laughs> yeah. It was, it, the show was called Play. I can't even say playing it. Playing with my No, no it's good. I'll play with my puss, puss. <laughs> Yeah, it sounds so much worse. So much Because yeah, playing with Makuchi, I think you could say to like my mother and she wouldn't get it. Yeah, exactly. That's the fun of it. That's the trick. She'd get my puss, puss. Yeah. Yeah. She'd go, hey, wait a minute. So you, you guy, I so mean. He said, "Do the show," and then JP Buck also happened to be there that night, and he he said, "You should audition for the Andy Kaufman Awards that were happening at the at the time. It was at the Vegas Comedy Festival um, at Caesar's Palace, and so I made a tape for that award for the Kaufman Awards, and I got into that. And so it was really the Vegas Comedy Festival that I met so many more comedians and like kind of started those relationships of like you know like just meeting." people in that alternative world yeah. and, and isn't so, it yeah. funny that you found the thing the andy Kaufman awards that are like oh my god you sing like a virgin into a snorkel perfect it was that yeah exactly perfect. like and, you click into that space and jp being there and seeing that I, I mean i'm sure it was like kind of perfect that he happened to be there and he was booking that you know yeah that that is perfect yeah that is perfect well, that happened to me. JP, it's also with JP Buck. Really? He, I wanted to do Conan so badly. JP books Conan, and I, he happened to be there one night. See, there's a, there's a lesson here, which is bring your ukulele, <laughs> right? Which sounds so trite, but it's true. You got these things because you were tooling around on your ukulele. Yeah. I, I did my Lar- a Largo show with Rob Bell on Friday, and there's this guy whose name is escaping me at the moment, but he's one of my favorite uh, close-up magicians. He's not even a magician. He, he just sells magic stuff, but he's amazing oh, wow. at 
card magic. And he, he was there and he started doing I always just go like, do you mind? Would you do some tricks? He's always happy to do it. He's doing it and Flanny's there and he does this trick. And then Flanny's like, you should be on Pete's next show. It turns out he didn't want to do it. But this man walks around with cards. Yeah. And you walked around with your ukulele. Yeah. And in my example, I wasn't walking around with anything, but I was holding in my head, these are the jokes I want to do on Conan. JP's in the audience, and I presented my ukulele. You know what I mean? Yeah, I went you on had stage it, you were ready. and was ready. And those moments, those little key moments, are great. But for a lot of it, you're just a weird guy, in my case, that's talking to himself in the shower or like spacing out at dinner because I'm thinking about what I might open with or close with. And you're a strange girl with a ukulele. And, and my friend who comes to all the Largo shows is a weird guy that has cards and probably a fake thumb in his pocket. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? You like you have to endure this time when you're nobody, and you're just, and not that we're somebody now. You're always somebody, but you feel like a weirdo that just has a ukulele. But it's also it's how many. It's, it, that's true for sure. Like I mean, I, I definitely think yeah. I, I think if you just drive again a Silver Lake thing, but I feel like if you just drive through through Silver Lake, you're gonna see at least three ukuleles, <laughs> right? <laughs> so you're not even that weird anymore. No, no, no. You'll after be two, in good company. After the ukulele boom of 2008, uh, I didn't feel as... No, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I, the uka boom. Yeah. But I, I was gonna say, but the thing before that is how many years I was writing weird little songs yep. and I was ready. I was, I, I you know, I, I probably wouldn't have been ready a year or two before that. Like, I, I had... A bunch of crazy, strange songs, and I had my, you yeah, know, like, and you had your jokes, and you had, you know, and but where and, did you? Sorry, oh, I was going to say, and and that magician, how long has he been doing the tricks? You know, I watch his moves; they're brilliant. Yeah, so they're it's like brilliant. It's also being prepared. so. This is a kid who who doesn't watch TV without a deck of cards in his hand. Yeah, which is just. So beautiful. This goes back to standing on the porch for three days. You want to do some great magic. You have to, like, every time you're watching a movie, you're also trying to work out this move just mindlessly as you're watching or, or mindfully. It depends yeah. on what you were saying. What was I just going to say to you? How, what would you say to people? Because there are so many people. Once Something that I've said, I love quoting myself because I know me so well. <laughs> I'm an expert. Is that like the difference between a comedian and a, and a non-comedian, tip, like one small thing but very big, is that a regular person might say something funny and a comedian says something funny or thinks something funny and writes it down. Mm. So here you are with a, with a pretty bizarre set of talents. Um, what's a nice – auteur? No, not uh, – what is that word that sounds like turd? <laughs> I don't know. Subtle uh, but elegant, lovely little cartoons that mm-hmm. aren't like, uh, you know – Far side, they're their own thing. So you're drawing these, you're doing your paintings, you're singing silly uke songs, and you're making out with puppet birds. Yeah, and and most and not people, making out with dudes at all, <laughs> and sacrificing time that you would be making yeah. out with men that look like birds because you love bird men. Although there is a Facebook page called Kate Makuchi looks like a bird. Oh, I'm not kidding. I've never thought you look like a bird. Oh, thanks. But uh, the person who put this <laughs> unless page you want to look like a bird. No, I mean I really don't. But um, in which case you look so much like a bird. <laughs> I feel oh, like I tweeting like right now that's how much you look like a bird. It's a very weird bird joke. Uh, that was that was subtle. I yeah, liked it. very subtle. Um, but no, I there. I just that. Looks, looks like, like a, a bird. bird. It's old. It's. It, I I I went. It's a long story. I, I agree. The person who saw those photos and thought I looked like a bird. I, yeah, they maybe. must mean it. I don't, I'm not just buttering your bread. They have to mean cute little bird. You know what I mean? My hair was uh, – I had I had taken a uh, – what is – is it a rickshaw? When you – in New York, when you hop in the, like a little bike and the man drives you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had taken one of those to a movie premiere and uh-huh. my hair was like – 
Um, uh, that's it's a not really fair. long story. We but all look like birds on rickshaws. Basically, <laughs> that's the whole fun of riding a rickshaw. Yeah. So those photos of of me just after having been like wind blown, just like a, I look like that. a bird. I don't want to be marshaled by the internet. <laughs> True. I mean, Who I don't. I, I don't honestly. I, when when we first started put when Ricky and I first started putting videos online, I would read the comments, but. After a while, you learn you can't read those comments. But I, I, I really don't look at that stuff at all. If you, know, you had if, all your friends over for a party, you'd be a real weirdo to go around and ask each one of them what they think of a thought you had or a project yeah. that you did. That's insane. But for some, I stopped looking at all that stuff. I do miss occasionally a fan would request a guest or something like that. I miss that. But uh, there's too much like, you know. You're weird and yeah. I don't well, like your face. That's the thing, and I I don't I think punch if, you in the if face. they were there, if they were in your, the room, they wouldn't say it. Of you course, know? and even if you re- reply back to them, they'll almost always they'll be like, "No, I'm a huge fan. I was just saying you're fat because I like you." <laughs> hey man, I didn't mean it. They're just yeah. pushing you on the playground. Well, that's the thing, but I, I but the the bird one makes me kind of laugh in a way that I think is just it's I don't you know it's more birds are cute. I, yeah, although I would never want a pet bird. Who would? They last a long time. If you're good at wrapping presents or ha- or encaging <laughs> birds, I don't think we're going to be friends. Yeah. If I came to your house and you had a bird, th- my neighbor, when I uh, lived in my old apartment before where I am now, downstairs neighbor had a bird and he was like my age. I was like, what are you doing? That's so I have a frog that's 25. Wait. Hold on. Let me think. I can do the math. You have a 25-year-old frog? 25. Yeah. Uh, 24. Yeah. 24. Yeah, it's not weird. You could have just said 25. He's, he's not going to call in. <laughs> Sorry, Dusty. His name Dusty. is Dusty because I had a crush on Dustin, but I didn't want Dustin to know just in case Dustin ever found out that I had a frog named after him. So I went with Dusty. Who's Dustin? Dustin Jones. He sat in front of me in Spanish. Oh, just a man. Yeah, just a dude from seventh grade. I love that you said it like we all knew. Yeah, you know, Dustin Jones. I had a crush on uh, Dustin. <laughs> so here's my question is, is um, for example, Valerie, I think, would enjoy this question. Mm-hmm. I'm asking for Valerie and for myself. You go from all these kind of quiet projects and crossing that threshold into the compulsion to create them is one good thing. And I wonder how you cultivate that. But also the compulsion to share them. And That's how do you the cultivate big that? thing. I mean, I I feel very. I think about this a lot because I'm. I feel like it's really important. Especially, I mean, I love hanging out with kids, and I always, I always want kids to feel like okay, it's okay to share your th- share the things you make. Share. It's so so important. Yeah. And um, I I think growing up, my mom really instilled that. You know, just with the piano and 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 doing the competitions and the recitals. That's interesting. And like, you know, I like, shit on your mom for putting you in those competitions, <laughs> but no, maybe that's where it, was, it put in. If you got it, flaunt it. And showing, just like a bird was. Showing your work, you know? It's just like, you know, showing all the hard work and the hours that were, you know, the preparation. Or I, I was always a kid, though. I think, I kind of think this was just me. I would make something and have to show people. Like, would knock on That's the neighbor's funny. door. Do you want to see the thing I made? And even through college, like, I remember knocking on dorm rooms going, hey, can I sing you the song? Or like, I just That's always so need funny. to show the thing I just made. And to this day, like, I just wrote a song the other day for um, for this cartoon and I just I sent it to a bunch of my friends like I really like it. Can I send it to you? Like, Same. So it's yeah. I I I don't know. And even if it's not quite ready or quite done, I just I love to share share it. I don't know. I the excitement is is putting it out there. I, I think that's one of the reasons I love Instagram. Yeah. Is like I haven't been drawing as much. I, I go in waves with drawing. Like I will just draw and draw and draw for like two months every day, and then I won't for a while. But hmm. um. But I but when I'm drawing a lot, I love to put those cartoons up because it's just kind of like instant feedback either yeah. way, you know. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you get that feeling of, of showcasing things. I, I definitely have that as well. When I was in summer camp, we used to write silly songs, 
And then I, I was like, we're going to go from cabin to cabin and sing these songs yeah. every night. And we did. And it's so Every much day fun. we wrote a song. There's nothing more pure. There's nothing more like beautiful. I, I really feel like creating whatever type of creating it is. It doesn't have to be what something that we call art. But creating something that wasn't there, if it's a moment or a conversation or a sandwich, it doesn't matter. But making things that weren't there and then sharing them is like really close to one of the meanings of life as far as I'm concerned. I, I, I think about this a lot. It's yeah. so funny we're, you're talking about this because it, it is really – that's the – I think the point? part of the point. Yeah, like it really is. It's like, uh, you know, it bringing you were bringing so much. You know that those other kids in the other cabins are waiting for the new song. Like, yeah. Like it wasn't even just for the guys that wrote the song. It was for those people too. I mean, right. What did Pete and his friends make? Like I, I just think that that's you're, – you're making these moments for other people. That's right. Rob Bell, my friend, always says service doesn't mean doing something you hate. I think people are like, oh, it's good to serve and it's good to give. And people always think that means getting up at 5 a.m. on a Saturday to feed the homeless, which is, of course, a great thing to do. But most people don't want to get up at 4 a.m. to take a bus into the city and feed the homeless. Yeah. But, like, there is something about, like, I'm going to write a song. It's not at maybe as noble as feeding the homeless. But there's a lot of different ways, small service, good, big service, all that stuff. And it all feels really good to do. Yeah, or, or creating experiences for people. Like I love yeah. – like I – you know, I think it's really fun that people can share a moment. Like, yeah. like even my last art show – like I, I've, with the art shows I've done, I, I want people to feel like they're – it's not just like, oh, walking in a room and seeing – you know, like it, that it's like a thing that they can talk about after. Yeah. And, you know, and uh, like the last show I did, I, I got a Michael Jackson impersonator to just show up and start singing. And it was like a kind of really cool thing that people could be like, I was there when that weird thing happened. And that yeah. was – we got to share that. And uh, and then it happened to be Michael Jackson's birthday, I found out. I mean, not Michael the, – the impersonator's birthday. It was the impersonator's um, birthday. Yeah, so then I – I brought out a cupcake with a candle, and then everybody sang happy birthday to the Michael Jackson impersonator. What did they say for the name? Did was, he was, want it, it to be a, Michael? No, well, nobody really – it was like kind of sprung on people, so it was just happy Michael Jackson. You know, like it was kind of uh, – <laughs> ah, Happiest day of his life. But it was really – Part fun. of him was like, they think I'm Michael. <laughs> he thought it. Just a little part of him uh, believed. I, I hope so. I don't know. <laughs> but that's great. But I, I – that's like I love I, – I think that's – the thing I love most about like putting on shows or like, you know, like, um, you know, like we did, my brother and I got, did, uh, the Watkins family hour at Largo mm. last Christmas. And, uh, Sarah Watkins had called me that day and said, would, would we want to do this piano duet that they knew that we did? And then I was like, yeah. And like, and then we're like, we can make it snow. And like, you know, like just the idea of going and getting the fake snow. And, yeah. and then my dad and mom happened to be in town and like my dad and my brother rigging like this box, then is going to make it snow on Sean and Sarah as they sing. Yeah. And like the preparation of of the thing that you're about to share with people like yeah. that's to me also is the excitement it's like it's like that i love the planning yeah you know, you know it's funny for somebody that uh, i said i'm not good at gifts and i give them away there are times when it's really fun to play and surprise yeah i'm just not good at like waiting more than a week <laughs> to do it but i totally know what you mean and art seems to be this wake up call you know what i mean i'm very struck with how you can be doing one thing and then if you listen to a song like I was in um, – Josh Church is a, a Judd Apatow comedy producer guy <coughs> and a dear friend of mine. And we're in the office and uh, I go to the office every day and we're editing and it's all work. I always pop into Josh and we shoot the shit and stuff. But we usually bring it back to talking about the show. Obviously, it's an office. That's why we made offices. <laughs> There's, you know, work stuff happens there. 
And he showed me this thing. He showed me an Avid Brothers song that he really loved. And, you know, he does, he's one of those standing desk guys. Mm-hmm. So he doesn't sit. Doesn't so there's treadmill? nowhere to sit. No treadmill. Not that, not that high power. Just needed the visual. <laughs> and I came and I stood next to him. This is like 11 a.m. on like a Tuesday. And he played me this Avid Brothers song. And then the two of us, who just a minute earlier, all we wanted to talk about was this and this and a schedule and like this. And what, 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 blah, blah, when is this going to get turned in? Very like spreadsheet kind of discussion. Then we stood there and we watched this song together. And, you know, crying is a, is a private – not a private thing. I, yeah. I think it's fine to cry. I cry a lot. But it's like me and Josh, who have never really gone there, are standing there listening to this heartbreaking song. And we're just having a good cry. Yeah. So the difference between – in an office. Yeah. There's something about crying in khakis that's like really funny. To me. It's just like, this isn't what we normally do. Is that the name of your next book? It will be. <laughs> yeah. it's, I just, I'm interested in how there are like three minute experiences, whether it's a duet that you play on the piano and you make it snow, mm-hmm. that can wake up something. I feel like our hearts are guarded. There's too much pain in the world. So you can't absorb it all. You know, there's all these babies dying of malnutrition, and we know this. Yeah. And there's shootings, and there's disease, and there's hate. So we start closing off to that. We also, on the other side, close off to a lot of wonder because it's overwhelming. Mm-hmm. This is what makes drugs fun is drugs kind of give your heart sometimes a green light to just go, go ahead and stare at your hands because your hands <laughs> yes. should be stared at. And your brain. And it, all it the time. Open your brain in a way. Yeah. I mean, where, where you just see things that you wouldn't have seen. Precisely. You know? yeah. But we're all – and there are things other than drugs. Music is one of them Mm -hmm. conversation is another that can like kind of wake you up from the coma and i'm so much more interested in staying in that space and 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 i'm interested in those things that that, that's the point that's why i mean it's like the point of life is to go like hey let all the buzz die down and let's just be right here and cry to neighbor brother song or or play a duet and have it snow and then suddenly we wake up a little bit in that moment does that make sense yeah totally i mean i think that that's those are the things that i I get the most excited about really yeah. like the, I, the creating creating that experience really mm-hmm. and it, and you know and you know for the the people that were there that night that saw it snow on stage like they always have that, that Christmas yeah. moment yeah um, you know as much as I, I don't really like Christmas I really like Christmas music like, again so many sad songs it's so so many <laughs> if only yeah. in my dreams um, I was at a, a party last night with Val and we we all decided to put on Christmas music. So we just put on the Pandora Christmas music. I was just to go. I was about to go Christmas in July, but it's not July. I don't know what month it is, I so I can't join you. Is it August? It's August, but I, yeah. I took me a second. Yeah, me too. It's almost September, I think. <laughs> wait, no, wait. When is? I don't know. Were you a Christmas household? Let's unpack yeah. your dislike of Christmas. Big time. Oh, it was the best when I was a kid. Yeah. You know what? I think that's what it is. It was the best. Like it couldn't get any better. Yeah. So then, when you get older. I feel like someday when I have kids, it'll get fun again because then you can kind of like, you know, you live through their experience and you get yeah. to like, you know, it's the same idea of like making it snow or do the, do the weird, right, right. you know. I look forward to the, the ruse of Santa Claus and all that yeah. stuff. I think that's going to be really, really fun. Yeah, I, I think so. Yeah. I love that. Uh, yeah, I really love that kind of stuff. So I, you're like a, have you seen The Family Stone? No. Is that's going to be I your should... favorite Christmas movie. Really? Uh, okay. Movie. It's the saddest Christmas movie, but it's just about tragedy and beauty it's so good christmas vacation is my favorite christmas movie i don't like, like those movies as much as i used really? to really now i watch them and i'm just like 
I just want the problems to go away. <laughs> like they have so many problems. It's a lot of problems. There's a lot of angst. But it's there's a you lot get, of do you feel anxi- angst? Like, yeah, I, I don't even say anxiety. I call them hell comedies. The, the perfect hell comedy is booty call. Have you seen booty call? No. It's two gentlemen who want to have sex, and then that's it. And then it's a million things that get in the way. The whole movie <laughs> is they, they need to get condoms. Mm-hmm. How are they going to get condoms? Then they need to get a You're dental like, it's dam. It's really not that hard. I know. <laughs> I don't like those movies where people just have to scratch one itch. Yeah. I like a little bit less going on because it bothers me. Yeah, I mean, again, that might be too the Christmas vacation. I remember seeing it in the theater, so it, it's probably. I'm a very nostalgic person. I, yeah. I kind of. I remember the, you know, it's probably a lot of just me going, I loved it that day and I still love it. You know? Sure. No, I hear that. I'm trying to think of what movie I'm like for that. I have a million. UHF yeah. is probably one of them. But do you guys wear a Christmas house. You celebrate Big time, Christmas. yeah, yeah. And my dad would go out of the out of his way to make like really cool. Like I remember one year he um, he made it had snowed and so he made like the tracks like the sled had come no. through and then he got dog poop from the yard from our dog and made it look like like reindeer poop had like been but like he like went he used the shit yeah wow. he went out of his way and that's why I I mean well wait do kids listen to this podcast I've been like, swearing a lot I, well no I'm just thinking about Santa I think it's okay well. I don't think children listen to this. My dad did a great job, and that is why I still believe in Santa. Ah, there you go. Just say for that. the two kids that are listening. Did I ever tell you? I was on stage once, and uh, there's a kid. I, I was like, it's some terrible show. In, I don't know where I was. I forget where I was, but it was bad. And because I was like clean and friendly, I got booked for a lot of things like beauty pageants or like talent shows at like weird technical colleges in the middle of nowhere. Right. So I'd find myself performing at shows at like six o'clock for like moms and dads and their children. And I'm going out and it doesn't matter. Just because my material is clean doesn't mean it's going to relate to any yeah. of these people. I'm kind of like, RoboCop. And they're like, what? And so I mostly would do crowd work in those situations. And there was a kid in the front row, uh, t- you know, he must have been like, I don't know, six, dressed like Spider-Man. And they go, oh, that's great. Uh, there is no Spider-Man. So you're like the real Spider-Man. And he goes, what? <laughs> I didn't know Spider-Man was one of the things we were supposed to... Yeah, that's happening. If you go to New York, you'll see him. He's yeah. zipping by. If you're getting mugged, that's a good chance to meet him. I, I was talking about this with a friend the other day. I used to think that Mr. Clean... I was really young, but the Mr. Clean commercials, Yeah, I thought I would beg my mom to clean with Mr. Clean because I thought he would show, he would up, show up in the up. floor. I miss those days. And now the new Mr. Clean commercials, the guy's actually like a guy, but he's like... He's still a cartoon, but he's like physically in a space rather than just a reflection in the floor. And he plays guitar in these new commercials. What? And, I, and then if I, if I was... I didn't approve that. <laughs> but I was thinking if I was a little now, I'd be like, oh man, this guy's going to come over and sing to us. Yeah. Like, yeah, use Mr. Clean. Everything else they told us was equally as unbelievable. You know, that's yeah. the feeling of being a child. Why wouldn't Mr. Clean appear? You told me we're floating on a rock in the middle of infinity. <laughs> I also will believe you when you tell me Mr. Clean. That's why Santa yeah. Claus works. Yeah. Because it's at that sweet spot where you believe anything. Uh, but your parents are religious, right? Um, not. Re- I mean, we're uh, Christmas and Easter Oh, really? Yeah. I thought they were kind of like, forgive me, I'm just going to show my hand. I heard that they weren't crazy about like dirty songs and stuff. Yeah. The reason I'm bringing this up, by the way, is because I also had to go through that. Right. I was raised religious. So I was really glad once I figured out my parents weren't watching. That was very liberating to me. But like I still deal with that. Like I'm editing the TV show now and I'm kind of like, yikes. Like what are they going to think of this? Yeah. Uh, Me swearing or me uh, having sex or whatever it might be or doing drugs. I'm not saying those things happen, but 
it, things in those areas and like what are they going to think? I kind of wish they wouldn't watch. I know. Or and then the worst thing is to say don't watch and then of course they watch. Yeah. At least that's with my parents. But You tell them not to watch. I have told them not to watch and then they do. But um but I think they've really come around. But what was it? If it's not religion, they're just kind of square? I yeah, well, I think it was I think it was more fear that I was changing. I think I when I look back at like cuz we kind of had a little bit of a time when um our loophole video came out for garfunkel and oates mm-hmm. uh it was i it was a really rough time i, I it's a video it, about how because i grew up in this community christian girls will have anal sex but not vaginal sex because they want to remain virgins. first first whole virgins. yes and i and i like it's a true first thing virgins. <laughs> i've never heard me. that i've never heard that exact that term me. i actually count from the back so second whole virgins <laughs> <laughs> Something about the butt crack says, start here. <laughs> and you swoop down, and there's one, and there's another one, depending on <laughs> your anatomy. So you did this yeah, video. Um, yeah, we th- made this video, and then my, my mom was really upset. And, I, and the last thing I ever want to do is upset my parents. I don't you know? understand why you would be upset if they didn't – see, why did they want you to be clean? Because they wanted you – they had this idea of you as a very sweet kind of white as the driven snow person. I guess – you know, I mean – I think I, I guess so in some way, but I I, mean, I didn't really swear growing up. I was a very obedient kid, mm. aside from throwing the furniture around. Um, Which I, they, you know, your mom kind of loved. Like <laughs> she's got the spirit of a fighter. <laughs> she's going to compete well. So you were very clean. I was and very, sweet. and I I I didn't cause any. You know, I didn't go out. My parents would beg me to have friends over. Like I was mm. like really the least rebellious kid. I you was know? similar. I was. A, I don't want any trouble. Yeah. My brother would be out, and I would see the. Ang- now I don't think it should have caused my mother anxiety necessarily, but I could tell it made people uncomfortable when we weren't there. So I was there yeah. every Friday, TGI Friday. You know, watching Urkel. That, me too. That's it. Yeah, and then when they would say it's 10, 10 p.m., do you know where your children are? I'd be like, my parents do because I am right here, right next to them. <laughs> like, <laughs> I want a montage, a real life montage. Uh, you know, like when I die, I get to control everything. That, that's a nice fantasy. And I want to <laughs> make a montage. You want light coming through blinds. I want dads, drunk dads, watching TV. That announcement coming on and them going, oh, shit, and remembering that they don't know where their kids Cut are. Cut to, like, the kids still waiting get, to be, get picked ah, up from school. from soccer. Yeah, or something. Oh, oh no. it's so sad. So you were very, very obedient. Yeah. This is similar. We're golden children. Yeah, I guess. Uh, you sure. were a golden child. I, I mean, I I really, I wasn't even ready for college. I went home every weekend when I was going I to school. I used like, to go home on weekends, too, because I couldn't handle it. I just wanted to hang out with my parents. It. That's yeah. so lame. So you, we're lame. Yeah. You and I are lame. Did you did you have, like, a girlfriend in, in college in yeah, the beginning? Yeah, my mom. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> me and my mom had a great relationship. It was excellent. We'd go on mom walks. Would suck in our guts. It was so weird. She was like, "If you suck in your stomach, it becomes second nature." Like, give me lady tips. <laughs> she gave me lady tips. I was very close with my mom. I'm I, just picturing the two of you walking around like the neighborhood. I know your that's so it, cute. Well, you know, I look back on it. I have mixed feelings about it. On one hand, I was very, very close to her. On the other hand, I'm kind of like it wasn't entirely appropriate that I filled. Like where there was a void, I would fill it. Mm-hmm. So if my dad wasn't around a lot, I just became kind of like her little companion. Right, right. Which I, you know, it takes a little uh, deprogramming to get over that. Everybody that listens to this podcast knows that. But, you know, I, I know it was all well-intentioned. I don't have any anger. I just have to kind of put up boundaries that were never there now, right. which is a little bit awkward. Well, it's growing up. I mean, it's just maybe I think we're delayed, you know, like golden children. It might hurt more, right? Yeah. You're delayed. You felt delayed. Well, I, I mean, I, I really didn't grow up for a long, you know, it, it was a, I was very slow to start dating and be my own person. But what happened was I first boyfriend. 
26. Really? Yeah. Wow. I didn't really start dating until I was like 24. Wow. I know. I was similar though. No girlfriend, high, high school girlfriend, yeah. no college girlfriend until I was about to graduate and I married that girl. All the, you know, there were more multiple reasons for it. Right. But part of it was to please uh, family. Stay in plan. Yeah. I'm Pete. I'm the golden boy. Of course, the first girl I date is my wife because I'm the golden boy. Right. I'm your golden boy, and I don't mess around. <laughs> but we had religion. You just had, like, kind of a Girl Scout thing going Yeah, on. that, and also I think I was always kind of going back to making I, – I had such – I do have such happiness in in making things that, like, like I know that sounds really cheesy, but, like, I, I would just be really happy. Like, I, yeah. I didn't seek out – I, I I had crushes all the time. I always had crushes on boys for sure. Oh my god! Like, Shut the fuck up because that's all I did. Yeah. I if mean, you could see my heart, it was like the Olympic torch. <laughs> it was an ever burning flame. I was in love with all of my teachers I, and and the students. I, w- I went everywhere. I went up. I went down. <laughs> I, I loved everybody, and they had no idea. Yeah. There were books of poetry about these women. Wow. My first crush was named Emily Bravo. You can't beat that. Oh, that's a great name. Emily Bravo. It's like, if you don't want to tell us her real name, Pete, don't make up such a yeah. obvious That was her name. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, so it's a great So you're name. like me, romantic, yeah. very pure, very clean. And then, and so, yeah, I mean, I didn't, I just, I wasn't ready to leave the nest, you know? It was, just like yeah. my, it was so comfortable and safe and, 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 knock on wood, really happy and fun. And so, like, I mean, I, I think it took a while for me to then realize, like, oh, I, I need to, like... I should drive more. I, like I had a car, but I loved riding the bus because I I, I loved <laughs> I loved looking out the window, and that was my thinking time. And it was an hour long bus ride, and it was like really I would come up with so many ideas just while Back looking out the window. Yeah. So yep. like I so it was like I just delayed all. It's funny because not to I, this is not like me then going and let's talk about don't think twice. Um, yeah. But the idea of you know you're watching this group of people who are in an improv group, but they're you're delaying. You're you're being a grown up, and I, I relate to that in uh, so many yeah. ways. You it know? ends. It ends. And yeah. yeah, and I think I mean I still think I'm delaying it. You know, but I, I'm still curious. So you put out the girls take it up the butt for God song. Yeah. So a blue song. And a we dirty were singing song. dirty songs, but that was by far the dirtiest song we sang. But I still don't. I get that a parent would be. A little bit like, huh? I don't. That's that's not my little girl or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I ha- I think they would almost be embarrassed to admit that or something or like. It's, what did they say? What what? How did they? Art- I guess without a religious framework, I can't see why a parent would be anything other than surprised and maybe a little disappointed, but not like angry. No, th- it sounds like they I were angry. It, it wasn't. You know, no, it wasn't anger. It was. I think it was fear. I think I really think. That they were just afraid that I had changed, or that I, I and also it came at a time where I or weren't I, being true to yourself. They're like, that's yeah, not who we think yes, you are, exactly. Or that I, or I wasn't the same. That I was going the next time I'd go home, I wasn't the same person. I hadn't been home. They were afraid of losing their friend. I, yeah, maybe you were their friend. Yeah, which like it was so so upsetting. And then I then it was maybe a month later I was able to go home for the, the summer, and I think that was. Great because they realized I was still exactly I'm still the same person like yeah. I, I just that I just the fact that we made a dirty song with a video to go along with it didn't was change the video anything. dirty too yeah you know I think I think it was the visuals <laughs> that really bothered them um, but you know but the coolest thing about it is they're you know they they've come they've come a long way I have too like I think we kind of worked through it and they realized that I'm I'm still the same person and I'm you know it's not. I, I'm not. I'm not going around singing that song all the time. You know, it's obviously it's part of our act. It's, and it's show business. And people and they. The cool thing is they've since come to see 
us perform a few times and they see the reaction that song gets and and the laughter and the the, the happiness people have from that song so it's like i think they realized that it was just it was i think it was just a, a quick thing of oh my god what happened to our daughter to like oh wait no she it's just an act you know it, it was i think just so extreme for them if that just, makes any sense. Yeah, no, it makes sense. I'm still trying to unpack it a little bit. It, it, it came from the closeness. Like, you guys seem to spend a lot of time together. We do. Like, I you lo- like yeah. your parents. I love, and I love going and they, home. I've been home twice this summer. Just because if ever I'm in New York, I'm able to just, it's only 90 minutes to. But the video comes out. Do you get a phone call? Yeah. <laughs> my aunt called first Uh-oh. to warn me that my mom was upset. And then my Paving mom called. the way. And it was, it was. Uh, what did your aunt say? She just said, she was like, honey, I just want you to know that your mom is very upset. And then my mom called. I was just like, I, and I, I just cried. Wait, well, when your aunt told you, were you, or aunt, whatever we want to uh-huh. say, were you very scared or were you Oh my God, like, like the, just this, my stomach just dropped. It it's was like. me nervous. Re- yeah, it was horrible. Yeah. I, I, it's, it was the last thing I wanted. You know, I, it was a really like, my stomach just like flipped and I felt so sick. And, and then my mom called and she was upset. It's and, like the bomb. You have to fix it. Y- yeah. You've now bombed with your parents and now you have to fix it. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But it took, I mean, but it really, I like was so upset about it. I didn't like leave, I didn't want to leave my apartment. Like I, I could not get out of bed then. I, I mean, went back to bed. <laughs> like I was just like, so it like put me in a dark, dark place. Like I was just like so upset to think that I made my parents upset. And they were, how did they articulate it? Um, you can't just say like, hi, Katie, we were okay when you said play with Makuchi, but this is too far. <laughs> yeah. They were like, take it down. You need to take it down right now. They wanted you to take yeah. it down. So they're savvy enough to know like. My parents probably think if you put a, a video on YouTube, it's just there forever. Yeah. They're like, go into settings. <laughs> you do, okay, yeah, exactly. Take it away. They give you the directions of how to go about YouTube. And, they wanted, yeah. were you doing anything graphic in it? I haven't seen the video. Um, yeah, I mean, we're, there's like sexual stuff happening with these, you know, with these guys, but it's not like, you know, it's all safe enough to see. You know, it's yeah. funny. I think, I think it's funny, but it's um, tongue in cheek. It's totally. I mean, it's, it's just butt cheek. Uh, (laughs) so they said you got to take it down yeah and why mom why do i have to take it down yeah no i mean i i i didn't ask them i didn't say i didn't fight back i think Uh, i was so just defeated in that moment did you say you would no i didn't say that but Uh, i but i you being a grown-up yeah right i mean you were dealing with the pain here's the thing i i was 31 32 and it was like the first time I had really upset my parents. Yeah. So it was like a big, bigger deal than, you know, if I had been a teenager that was causing lots of problems. Yeah. You know, I, so yeah, it was a whole thing. I can't handle it. One time, this was years ago, my dad was like, this is when I was, I don't, see, here's the thing. I would be on like VH1 or Comedy Central, little things, little like five minute spots here and there. And then my dad, because he's a, he's a proud dad and a, a wonderful guy. He'd brag to his friend, like, hey, Tommy, be a Johnny. My, my son's on Comedy Central. And then my dad, it would seem so, uh, like, loose. He'd be like, I told uh, Tommy, be a Johnny, you'd, you'd come swing by and say hello while you're in town. And I'm thinking, who fucking cares? I'm, I'm yeah. not anything. So I wouldn't go. And then that was, like, that's the last time I can remember that I made my dad upset. Like, he didn't want to talk to me. He, he did. Yeah. But I could tell... I had no idea I had hurt his feelings. And he just wanted you to go visit his friend? Pop into his friend's place. Which to me, I'm kind of like, I understand both sides. I yeah. understand my father 
And he had this sort of like you said you would do it. You're supposed to do it. And like it was coming out of him being proud of and you. Exactly. So, so yeah. I kind of th- I threw the, I sent the dessert back. Yeah. Like I'm at a restaurant and someone said your father sent over this cake and I'm like I don't want it. Yeah. I, I just yeah. had cake. I don't need it. So I couldn't handle it at all. Like I had to fix it immediately. So I have to imagine it was tempting to just be like. I got to fix this. I'll just take it down or maybe not take it down or just tell them what they need to hear. You know, it was a, it was really crazy because I I never thought about taking it down. Like that wasn't an option in my mind, but um and I, it was it was more about I we had had such a great time making that video and we were so proud of it and I had been up really late late the night before syncing the sound with our mm-hmm. our music guy and like like we had put so much hard work into it and had had a great time like Ricky directed it and we had our crew and like we just you know the process of you know over the course of the few weeks that we made that video and we did a bunch at the same time kind of like um shot I think four in a in a weekend or uh, yeah but um but then it was just the best it was like mm. it was a great feeling and and you know having having put it all together and then it was like it's out into the world and like felt so great about it and then all of a sudden it was like yeah you know speaking of sending back cake joe de rosa actually gave me that my good friend uh gave me this idea of one of the worst feelings in life is when you think you're doing something that people will like and then they hate it yeah so an example would be like making this video and you the fantasy maybe if you didn't even articulate it in your brain is even your parents would like it how proud they might be that you did something and it's popular yeah like you said when they saw it live they see how much joy it gives people. Yeah. But that's one of the worst things is you're like, I think I'm happy about this. And then they're like, no, we hate this. Yeah. We hate, we hate well, it. and that's totally – I mean like I've definitely had those things where I'm like, I think this is going to be great. I mean, even even as small as a cartoon, like this one, this one's a winner. And then it's yeah. like, nah, like no, no, people didn't like that one. Okay. You know, but that's like – it's way easier when it's a cartoon and no one's like – For you sure. Know, I, think, I think my – yeah, it was a, it was a growing time for, for my, my parents and I as far as like – me being an artist and the th- making the things I want to make, and and them realizing that it, I was still, you know, deep down, I, I would, you know, I wasn't like being a bad person in any way. Right, you know? right. But uh, I think it was just a fear thing that you that you had changed. Is all that gone, or they're just on board now? They're they're it's awesome. Like we really? really moved past it in a great way. Like I, yeah, I mean, it's really cool. I when our Garfunkel Notes TV show was about to come out, having had gone through the the experience with the loophole video, I was terrified. I had an eye twitch for like a month and a half. Really? And it was like, it was like one of those, like I just have to smack my eye. <laughs> it was just like, like just nervous, so nervous that, and it was all about just, I hope my parents are not angry after they see it, you know, or I hope they, they hope they're like, that, I, you know, and, oof. and it was, and I, you know, I, I didn't want to upset them again. And I told them, you know, I warned them. It's not for everyone. You might not like, you know, just like, you know, because it is, it's, it's not, it's, it's dirty and it has jokes and it has me, you know, I had, you know comical sex scenes in it but it was still like you know you worry about what they're gonna think and um they loved it it was great it was awesome i I, i'm actually currently carrying an anxiety that my parents aren't gonna like my tv show or our our tv show and uh if you start to get an eye twitch you'll know why (laughs) it bothers me it's one of those 4 a.m things when my when my guard is up and i'm fed and i've seen friends and i'm you know feeding my soul or whatever i feel okay about it. i'm like okay but like sometimes you get up to pee at 4 a.m and you're just like what if they hate it like you don't want it to hurt your feelings but you know it would hurt your feelings yeah and what you're saying which is worse what if they're disappointed in me because my parents still it, it's funny, like, it took and still takes this sort of massaging, this idea, I'm a grown person, I, I'm a human male, like, I've done, 
it, it, it came out in these weird rebellious things. Like right after my wife left me, I remember I was with TJ and we're in uh, Pittsburgh where the Andy Warhol Museum is. And TJ was a great friend and uh, when my wife left and still is a great friend. But like he kind of helped me. Uh, we didn't go on benders, but he was a great friend that would like take me out and would would have drinks and l- help me get some blow yeah, off. Yeah, he's of that really steam. fun. He's he's a fun person to hang he's out. He's great. With. He's also very smart and yeah. empathetic and caring and all that stuff. And I remember I was calling my mom and we were going to go to the Andy Warhol Museum and we were going to smoke pot and go to the Andy Warhol Museum. Now, according, my parents definitely had thought I had never smoked pot. I never had until like a week before. That. <laughs> right. This is probably the second time I've ever smoked pot. I remember saying to my mom, she's like, and what are you going to do today? I was like, oh, we're going to smoke pot and go to the Andy Warhol Museum. Just kind of like starting yeah. this decay. Because we've built up this straw man of the perfect boy. Yeah. And then you're not the perfect boy. And isn't it funny that you say decay? Because it really isn't. It's, you know, it's a... It's it, it's just some pot, <laughs> you know. Yeah, <laughs> it's not even anything that's terrible. I know, but it took this conditioning. I had mm-hmm. to like reverse condition them, and I would make jokes about being on the road and having sex with random people and stuff. Just not not to be mean to my parents, yeah, but to slowly help them understand. I'm a three-dimensional person. Yeah. The person you raised me to be was a great son, capital G, capital S. But now I'm out in the world and I'm still fundamentally that person that you always knew, which is what you're saying to your parents. But also like there's other things going on and I don't want you to love me conditionally. Yeah. I don't want you to love me because I was the golden boy. I want you to love me because I'm your son. And your son sometimes has sex with people he doesn't know very well. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that was important. And your son sometimes smokes pot and goes to the Warhol Museum or gets day drunk and draws the blinds and watches Mad Men. Like, I want you to know that. Is there a montage with the blinds? We got it. Ah, I just want a montage of all of those. But I will get blinds so this can be in your montage. But wanting to be known and accepted as a whole person is a tricky thing. It's yeah. a tricky thing with your parents, and then it's a tricky thing romantically. I remember year years ago asking you to do this podcast, and you were in a relationship, and you didn't want to do it because you didn't want to talk about it. Yeah, remember? Yeah, I was terrified. That was so I, great. And I think that was probably like two boyfriends ago, maybe. Was it really? I don't know. I remember we had a good talk, and it was one of those. It was the classic, and I'm not betraying anything. I hope, but it was the classic. You don't have to hate someone to break up. Yeah. Oh, okay. Then I Remember? know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I know what this was. <laughs> I can't say that lesson it's, enough. It's so hard. It's one of the big ones of your thirties. Is you have to figure out. It doesn't mean you hate them. Not at all. And, and it's like it's it's real. It's in fact like it's really really hard to break up with someone you love. Yeah. You know, like I I was still in love with this person, but it's there when there's other fundamental things that are not. Um, not there and yeah. aren't. And it, that's like, okay. Yeah. And I seem to remember even saying to you, I was like. It's that thing where you're actually being cruel by being kind. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like maybe that wasn't you, but it's this idea. No, I, we were talking about. I, re- I remember talking about this. It's just that idea that you think you're being nice, but really the nice thing is to be honest. Yeah. And you do like I'm not a um, impulsive person, meaning I don't go like I got to break up with you and then break up with them. Yeah, me neither. Evidenced by the fact that I've never gotten back with someone that I broke up with because it was always thoughtful and I took my time and I let it play because people are complex. Maybe they're just being this way this week because blah 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 blah. Give them a chance. Don't rush into it. But once you make up your mind, if you keep being nice to them because you can be happy with them eating ice cream or going to the movies, I'm like, yeah, there are millions of people you can be happy eating ice cream and going to the movies with. But if you think there's a fundamental problem, it's actually the more loving thing to say, I love you, I think you're great, or, or whatever, I really like you, I think you're great, but I don't think this is right for either of us. I think the best thing you can say is, like, you deserve 
to be with someone who's crazy about you, which actually is what my wife said when she broke up with me. She was actually wow. pretty right on the money. Yeah. She's like, you deserve to be with someone who's crazy about and you. And then you found that person. And I absolutely did. It's pretty, yeah, it's and awesome. I, Val and I have no intention of breaking up. I, it, it's, it's unpleasant to even say that out loud, but we're, one time we talked about it, we were like, if we ever did, it would be one of those like thoughtful, present, yeah. honest, cry, like we're both crying, like I, I don't know what happened, but not... I fucking hate you. I'm yeah, like, this is a waste of my yeah. time. You took the best years of my life. <laughs> it would. There's conscious breakups. Yeah, yeah, just like Gwyneth Paltrow had, right? Wasn't it? Didn't she say conscious uncoupling or something? Oh yeah, conscious yeah. uncoupling. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but that is kind of the legal way of saying we weren't throwing plates. We yeah, were just saying, look, this isn't. The I thing. didn't think it was such a problem that you were this and that I was this, but it turns out in these circumstances for this long. I, I, I kind of want to get out of this. Yeah. And I think, I mean, I'm always a person that, like, has to talk about things. You know, like, if, if there's a thing that's bothering me, I I, I say it. I, I don't ever like to let it sit, you know? Because yeah. So, I mean, like, you know. That's I, a good quality, by the way. Yeah. The quiet fester. Then you just get angry. I would have, like, I, I don't know. I'm really, I'm. I'm I'm very much a talker in that sense where I'm That's like, great. hey, this, this wasn't – made me happy. I happy, wish I know? had more of that. I've, yeah. I'm working on that. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Because it's terrible to be dating someone who has a secret moleskin notebook in their back left pocket. Oh, my gosh. Where no. they're writing down the things they hate about you. And it's like they say, and there will be blood. Building their case piece by piece to show that they really hate you. Yeah. And that's terrible. I, I actually had, this is years ago, but I was dating this guy. Oh, he was my boyfriend. So, you know, and there was a thing I, I had said, you know, it really, it, it bothers me that this happened. And, and he, he said, you, you say that a lot. Like, and I was, I don't know how, I don't know how much I said that. He goes, and I, he goes, and oh God, I said, well, I said, there must be things about me that I, you would want me to like, you know, alter or let me know. I'm like, you never, never tell me. And we'd been together yeah. a while. And he goes, well, yeah. He's like, of course there are. I'm like, well, then what is it? He goes, I'm not going to tell you. And I was so like, oh, God, funny. no. Now I just, like, he literally had a secret list of things uh, in his pocket. What is that movie where he goes, I don't want to waste all these years being polite? It's a devastating line. I can't remember the movie, but there's some movie where a woman goes, like, oh, it's Jerry Maguire. Oh, is that yeah. what I, I haven't seen that in a long time? But I yeah, that's why it took me a second. But I, it's it's Renee Zellweger says to Jerry Maguire, and you know it's arguable, arguable that they're not really great for each other. I don't. Yeah. Think, I don't think they are great for yeah, each other. Yeah. How long after the movie did they break? Yeah, up? there's no sequel yeah. for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> Those people got the fuck away from each other. <laughs> but when she's like, I don't want to spend the next ten years being polite. Like I don't want to waste my life not saying what I'm thinking. Yeah. But he, he's doing what a lot of us do, and it's to attract a partner, which is like, I'll look the other way on your bullshit if you look the other way on my bullshit. And I think that that's tension. Yeah. It's like a headache. It's, it's like pushing a ball underwater. <laughs> you know, yeah. Eventually, it's going to come up. Yeah. Uh, and it's my, I, you got to find that balance, though, because I think men especially, I'll speak for my kind of, I really think there's a weakness to men that women don't have, which is like an oversensitivity. And there are those like truth-telling women that call things out a little bit more decisive, a little bit more loud and talkative. And a lot of times I have friends like that. Those are the ones that have a hard time finding boyfriends because they let it out too quickly. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, you have to remember we're all cowards. Like Arnold Schwarzenegger is a coward somewhere <laughs> underneath all of it. He's like, I didn't like when you told me I left the jelly out. You know what I mean? Like he's sad about that. Yeah. So I think, I mean, I think I, how do you I, find that balance? What do you I, well, no, I mean, I would, I would imagine the, the thing I mentioned, I was a lot, a lot younger. Um, it was my 
first relationship. Yeah. So, I mean, I was 26 or something. But I think I that was something I had to learn, you know, uh, where it was like, you know, hey, that maybe I shouldn't call it out every time there's something. You right, know? right, right. <laughs> like, I guess almost in the same way, like to share anything I make or I just would be like, hey, oh, you know. <laughs> like, Any observation you have, yeah. too, you want to share as well. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, of course, there's the learning curve of being in a relationship but i'm not great at it i mean i haven't had many relationships in my life i mean my biggest one is with ricky as far as like you know a partnership and having a successful you know like duo yeah Yeah, where we're able to you know and touring together and you know just so much time spent together and and making stuff together and performing together and and it's really taught me a lot you know it's it's been great because like i feel like i've learned a lot about relationships within it yeah what is not a lot? I I, I'm tr- I was just counting. I, Val is my fifth girlfriend. I've only had three boyfriends, and they haven't been that long. Like one six months, one eight months, and then one for a year and a half. That's it. Really? Yeah. Wow, you're kind of like a baby in relationships. Yeah, I know, which is weird because – Well, what's going on? The other thing Mike said, he was like, I get more tweets of people – who want to date you to him? It's like, how do I date Kate Micucci? How do I, how do I get tickets to playing with Micucci? Okay, come Hi-yo. on. Hi-yo. But people are clearly. Do you have high standards? Are you? It Not, sounds like if I were to guess, it's like you're doing so well on your own. That's my biggest problem in some way. I've, I, is like I've always been, you know, I was the kid that my parents were like, please have a friend over. Yeah. But I was so it's your fine. whole life. You're fine alone in your room. And I'm so happy when I'm yes. at the piano with a cup of tea. And I'm yes. just like, you know, it's like I. Uh, you need another one of these weird artist types. That's I've like, wondered because I've dated yeah. some of them. But Not, that's, doesn't work so I don't I don't know. I haven't figured it out it might be that it might be someone who's who's the opposite because who who isn't as all over the place as i am all over the place. you know it's yeah i i don't know i have i don't know the answer i haven't figured it out i like to say i'm a look at me and that's a fine thing i'm not always a look at me Mm -hmm. but a lot of the time i feel like a look at me that's you with your instagramming your doodles and your doodles god (laughs) i'm so sorry i I didn't mean it that way my brother i gave my brother this giant canvas that i made and his landlord came over and he was like oh who made that painting he's like oh my sister and the landlord was like how old is your sister? <laughs> ah, that's so funny. <laughs> I was like eight. <laughs> I just meant some of the sketches. No, I don't mean no, what you do no, as a honestly, doodle style. It's totally fine. I'm not. It's in yeah. the same way that Jenny Fine puts up her sketches, like her warm ups and stuff. I don't even know if you do that. Anyway, um, that part of you that's a look at me, Val is an I see you. That that's the thing that helped. Yeah. I, I, I had to be honest and go for better or worse. I'm a person who wants a hug after I. Uh, cook a meal or what or make something or yeah. had a long day or I, I like a Val is so much more than a witness but one of the things she is is a witness like yeah. she's a really great audience so is Emily Gordon by the way one of the other relationships I, yeah Emily is so much more than just that but she's a great listener a great laugher she's a great I see you yeah and, and you, they're an amazing couple they're it's really cool to see it's not as easy as uh, Val and I isn't just an I, I look at me and an I see you but and Kumail isn't an I look look at me and an I see you but there are elements of that and it took some honesty there uh, to, to diagnose myself as like that's one of the ways I receive love is if I get at the piano and play a silly song when I'm stoned it means a lot to me that Val is laughing around yeah off. that makes me happy so that is one option you could go for the the for the good audience yeah. uh, member, or you could go. I don't know why we're trying to fix this. We're not going to. No, do it. I mean, hey, if you can, if you, the <laughs> other guy that's like on it. sculpting in the back. Yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, that's the thing. I've, I've, I have dated the guy, the, the, the crazy sculpting sculptor in the, sculptor in the back guy. You know, and and the thing with that is, I always am afraid I'm going to lose 
because you sort of have to be the ICU to that yeah, person. Yeah, that's it. And I, I think there's a worry for me. Just I, this is just my own stuff. I worry about for you know. It's just like what if that makes me lose some of my own engine? Mojo. Yeah, because I'm concerned about making this other person. Because you know, being an ICU is a type of performance in itself, mm-hmm. and there is this kind of tank of fuel. So using it to like really actively and compassionately see other people, I can. I, I don't necessarily think it's true, but. There could be a concern that you're using your energy in this other way. I guess yeah. that sounds crazy. No, I mean, I always think, I mean, this is like, I, I always think even people who get into relationships, I'm like, oh, I, I'm like, oh, they're going to slow down. Cause mm. I, and I, it, and I, and it's, that's a weird way. That's just my own, again, my own personal stuff I have to probably work through. Cause, cause I just think, once you have another person that you're, you know, like you're splitting time of, oh, and then you're going to spend time with their friends and you're going to, I'm like, you're, oh you're taking. Oh my God, it's two corporations merging. You're taking time away from. And you make cuts. Yeah. I'm like your friend Neil. <laughs> get, get that Neil out of here. He's not good for you. You always feel shitty after Neil's over. <laughs> oh, you help each other with that No, kind of that's, stuff? A, oh. that's a joke. Oh, but I mean, okay. like, you do make. I was, like, I was like, make, oh, is that what happens? Because I have Girlfriends help me make yeah. cuts more. That's not <laughs> even true. Nobody helps anybody make cuts. But you do merge the corporations and you see which of these friends are going to be couple friends and which are like, go have lunch with Neil. Right. But uh, you were saying it's 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 overwhelming. Yeah, I, I just I always worry that I, I'll slow down, you know. Yeah. But then this is and and the thing is like because you know like I I go on dates I have you know it's not like I'm not having a fun time but like I I feel like I could do this forever except for there is one problem with my plan I really want to have kids and yeah. so I feel like well then uh, just there, watch there the movie Junior <laughs> <laughs> once I do it once I have to do it twice it's a rule with shorts and everything. So you want to have children or you want to have a family? Yeah. And then there goes my whole plan of just like making stuff all the time and, you know. God damn it. It's, it otherwise, this is, <laughs> this is going quite well aside from that. There's that, you know. So, yeah. What but, is that movie pa- uh, poster? I think it, John Hamm's in it. It says like uh, marriage, kids, happiness, pick two. Yeah. <laughs> that Isn't makes that sense. crazy? Yeah. I guess Sorry. I would pick the kids and the happiness over the marriage. Oh, but no, that means you still don't have the husband. Then if you have, I don't know. Yeah, one of them might be money. It might be money, kids, happiness. Pick two. No, will you Google that? What is that, John? Ha- Just type in John Ham movie poster. Pick two, please, Aristotle. I want to know what it is. We'll wait. We'll find out. There can be dead air. It was a movie that John is in, or he's just on the poster? <laughs> it's a ham. A ham's in it. Yeah, they just put... Ham has a deal where he allows you to put him on the poster just to kind of upsell yeah, a little yeah. bit. Yeah, oh. But he's not in it. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if you... Uh, there, There's this couple... I forget who it is. I feel like the house across the street from my house is going to be for sale. Because I met the guy who bought it, and I haven't seen him in a year. Oh, interesting. And, and it's just kind of like... It's still kept up and everything, but... He's never there. So I'm like, I heard about this Hollywood couple. Not that I could anyway afford another house. It's insane. Mm-hmm. But th- I heard about this Hollywood couple that I think it might have been Woody Allen at some point where they had two houses across the street yeah. from each other. Is that a, is that that a fantasy that appeals to you? You know, no. I mean, I don't know. I think as long as you have your own space. I, I don't know that yeah. it necessarily has to be a house. But yet here this is coming from me who like I've only – my greatest relationship has been a year and a half so i don't know what it's like to be with someone for what was eight that years. Was, were they as creative yeah yeah they, but but it was uh yeah he, super creative but yeah we were just in different places in our lives more than anything that was the tricky part what do you, what does that mean 
He, he, <laughs> I'm like, oh no, here we go. This was my fear. This was no, my you, fear. You, don't, you don't have to say anything. Uh, yeah, you don't no, say. I mean, mainly, you know, he was a lot younger, so it was we were just in different. I just, I guess, what I was asking was, was it that you were like, eventually, I'd like to have children, and he's like, ah, surf, man, and then he just jumped in the ocean. Um, not <laughs> essentially, maybe sort yeah. of, but uh, yeah, essentially, maybe is the name of your next book, <laughs> by the way. Uh, okay, okay. Yeah. What, what is the poster? Friends with kids, and what is the log line? Uh, love, happiness, kids. Love, happiness, kids. Pick two. Oh man! What yeah. do we do? I don't know. I, I my but heart I, goes out to to women for real. Do you I want mean, kids? You, yeah, I, yeah, I think we do. In fact, Val, we pulled the goalie, like which is a. <laughs> What's that? No, no, no birth control. Oh, oh, gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> so we're not trying. I'm glad to get that on the record, actually. That's cool. Because if if our child listens to this at some point, is like, well, you weren't married when I was conceived. We'll be like, no, we were living together and considered ourselves married. Yeah. It just wasn't technical. So, and we were not trying, but also not not trying. So if it showed up, there it is. Son or daughter, yeah, or gender neutral person. I can't wait to meet you. We can't See, wait to meet yeah. you. Now we're talking to your unborn children that yeah, aren't. That's, that's pretty weird, you huh? Better be funny. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just kidding. I have no. I have no desire. I'll anyway. play piano with I, you. I hope you're silly. Actually, <laughs> if I had a silly serious, is the be- oh man. All we need is. Silly. I love kids who like no bits when they're like two years old. They have like bits. It's yeah, so yeah, funny. and play. I mm-hmm. tend to think that if you meet a serious kid, I don't know. There have to just be inherently serious kids. And, of course, we'll love this child who's listening to this part. This is kind of creepy. This is really kind of weird. It's freaky. Huh? Yeah. But I, when, you know when you meet a serious child? Like just like a really young yeah. – Like a friend of mine has a kid with just like those really dark eyes, like blonde-haired dark eyes. And he just kind of looks like he's in the omen. You know, just like a scary, serious child. And you put straws in your mouth like a walrus and you, you look at him with a funny face and he just stares at you like a Vulcan. Yeah. It's not. That's. It's not my favorite. <laughs> I don't. Know. I, I'm sort of fascinated by that. <laughs> because then also you just feel weird with straws in your. Face. Yeah, then like, you're the yeah. asshole. That's the way the child can call you an asshole. But I feel like there is something I don't know about past. Like I'm not sure. I, I'm fascinated by the past life. Yeah, idea, sure. But like I do think that there are kids who just. N- Come Old into this souls. world knowing more than other kids, you know. Absolutely. Like that kid is just looking at you, going, "Are you crazy?" Like you know, it's he's like, looking at me like this is the millionth time I've seen this. Yeah, book. back I'm here in the fourteen hundreds, again in the seventeen hundreds. <laughs> <Yeah. I, laughs> back before straws, it was pieces yeah, of straw. Exactly. Listen, I've seen it. I've seen it all, baby. Yeah, I I uh, I went to a psychic. I I don't seek out psychics or anything. It was at a party seeking out psychics <laughs> on TNT. <laughs> Is that characters? Welcome. Um, I, I I was at a party and the psychic said to me, and I was scared because I've always been kind of. Was this worried. a plain clothes psychic, or they hired a psychic? For it was the like party? it was literally like the party was going longer than everyone expected, and then the host was like, "Hey, I just got us pizza and a psychic." It was kind of awesome. That's hilarious. Yeah, it was great, and so I was a little scared to meet meet the psychic, but she said she it was funny because I sat down and immediately she went into this kind of weird thing where she wasn't looking at me, but she was going, <laughs> I'm laughing, I'm laughing. <laughs> and I was like, oh God, what's, and then, and then she said, you're very funny. And I was like, oh, thanks. And then uh, she said, you're, you, you were in vaudeville two lifetimes ago. No and, way. And, I was and like, me and Mike are calling you an entertainer. Keep going. And then, and then I said, well, that's kind of crazy. Cause I, I, I said, I perform comedy now. I gave her that. And the, I mean, but I, 
Yeah, that was yeah, after, yeah, her, yeah. after her saying the vaudeville thing. I already believe you can then, tell the story in any order you like. And then she <laughs> said, and then she said, um, and then she goes, and and you lived in New Jersey, and I said that's weird because I my first eight years of my life were in New Jersey. I lived in New Jersey. Sure. And so I said I've lived in New Jersey in this lifetime. And then she looked at me. She goes, "You're just doing it all over it again, trying all over again, trying to get it right." And I was like, "Oh, okay. I hope wow. I get it right this time." Oh, <laughs> but I love amazing. the idea that two lifetimes ago I was in New Jersey, like hitting the stages in like yeah. Allentown and you know, like Poughkeepsie or wherever. Yes. I don't know. Yes. Well, that that's that feeling of writing songs at camp. Is why does something ring your bell as opposed to other things? You know, and and the, and a past life sort of thing is a fun experiment or uh, yeah. ty- one type of explanation being like I'm drawn to the sea and then you're like you used to be a sailor or whatever right like, yeah super fun I, I I don't know what who knows but I, I do trying to get it right yeah and I I, uh, I have seen some of those YouTube videos of like kids who know way too much information about a family and like across the world and, oh, and, really? and they've like done they've done some because i it's it's crazy it's, yeah like this one little boy knew so much about this woman who had di- died in a fire in chicago and like knew her family's names and like yeah. knew where they kept like things that like no only the family would know you know yeah. and so it's like how does that happen? whenever i meet a six-year-old it's a little weird keep me away from your children i love going where were you before this <laughs> where were you and i i have a friend whose uh, daughter was saying that before I was born, they asked. This wasn't yeah. me. I, I've never. It's always just a bit. I say it in front of the parents, and it never works. But they said that they asked their kid where uh, they were, or, or maybe they didn't ask. The kid just offered. They were like, "I was on a stage, and I picked you guys as my parents." Like, oh wow, they like you know, six year old speak, but very interesting. Yeah, and Val and I love talking about that. It's like, what what type of again? It could just be a thought experiment. It could be real. Who knows? What kind of soul would like to come into our house? Yeah, I mean, we think about it all the time. It's it's I, I like that kind of yeah. stuff. I mean, it's like cleaning up for company. Yeah, it's like cleaning up your 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 spirit or your, your whatever you want to say. Trying to get in a good place, a good vibration, having a real love, like yeah. a safe, good place. And I think that staying, a kid would be like, I want to be with those motherfuckers. And feeling very open, you know, like I yeah. think like just being like, hey, come on, you know, wherever you are, yeah. <laughs> you know. It's uh, – I've been trying to get this theory out is that uh, – did you watch Stranger Things? Yeah. I feel like Stranger Things is all about having children. Oh, interesting. Here we go. It's a very short theory. There's the – and there's no real spoilers in this, by the way. But there – kind of. You might want to skip ahead one minute if you haven't seen Stranger Things. And I'll wait for you to find the button. If you're driving – be careful, Dave. Dave, be careful. <laughs> Dave, just watch Stranger Things. <laughs> But it's uh, children stuck in another place that they're trying to bring through these very vaginal portals back into this Whoa, world. Whoa, I just got chills. Yeah, everything's a vagina in that show. <laughs> and it requires the quiet strength of the mother and the persistence of the mother, who's the only one who sees and believes. Yeah. And eventually she's the one that has that nurturing side that tells the kid, like, it's okay, don't panic, it's okay, which helps the kid stay in that state that it needed to do to get the kid to come back over. And it also requires... The Indiana Jones kind of guy yeah. who's brave and, and masculine, that type of energy. I'm not saying women can't have that energy, by the way, but it takes that sort of uh, adventurous spirit to go into the giant vagina with your gun and find the kid and bring it back. So like, like two types of energy retrieving a soul from the other place that's very close but also very far away and hidden and bringing it back into our world. 
So the, essentially, again, I hope you're fast forwarding this part. That, fast forward scene, more, Dave. <laughs> Dave, just we're watch still it. talking about it. <laughs> that scene at the end where they're in that together, like the Winona Ryder and the and the Indiana Jones type yeah. character, and they're in there and they're searching. That yeah. would essentially be them like making the kid. Exactly. Yeah. The whole show, I think, is so about that's the sex scene, <laughs> incar- incarnation, and the and the monster and all that stuff is just the threat of non-existence. Oh wow! And, and the risk associated with bringing something into the world. And Barb is just. And Barb's just fun. To, it's, fun to, it's fun to fuck with Barb. I, I was thinking... Look at that jacket. Oh, man, those glasses, too. <laughs> Barb, I love your glasses. Uh, I've never uh, been so aroused. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I really like the music in that. I, I thought that... Oh, it was, was so yeah. fun. It was fun. But it was I, a um, fun show. I think I might want to be Winona Ryder for Halloween, like have like a little bit of a mullet, and then I wanted to carry, like I want to rig these Christmas lights that have like, you know, just like a button on it, so one for yes, two for no. Like, yeah, they never explained fun. how he was doing that, by No, I didn't. Maybe we'll find out later. I just want to have a cigarette and just kind of shake and be like, where's yeah. my son? Did people like Winona Ryder or hate her? I, I, people were talking about her I a lot. I don't know. I've heard... I've, I, I really liked her. I, I think I was just really excited that she was in like some. It was perfect movies. casting. Yeah. yeah, it was great cast. I'm such a fan of hers. I think she. Oh yeah. really? Yeah. I Growing up, remember. I was like, oh, you know, all of those movies in the '90s. But um, yeah, she's great. Yeah. I thought she was great. It was just like a big character, so I could see the internet being like, "She's nuts." Uh, yeah, I don't. I, I guess I haven't read any. But vaginas. I'm not even trying to be funny. If you think about it, especially if you smoke a little pot, vaginas are. Magical ports. Think about cells, right? Okay. Think about things becoming things that don't exist. Yeah. We've all seen the zoomed in footage of a cell multiplying. Mm-hmm. And it's this sort of like magical thing that we've just kind of accepted that it goes whoop and then it's two. Yep. And you could zoom in even further and see the cell of a cell or whatever cells are made of. I, I have to think there's something smaller than a cell that it's made of, of course, atoms and whatever those uh, – Units are called. And somewhere, if we zoomed in even more, on a smaller level, something else is doubling itself, making right. something that doesn't exist. And it's convenient for us. We're zoomed out enough that you don't think about it too much. You're just like a cell whoop, into two cells. But what the fuck is going on? How does something become more than it was? Does that make any sense? Yeah. So childbirth is as magical as Stranger Things. The vagina, and I'm not trying to be all, I, I, I am pro-woman and I, the strength of ancient women and not just for making babies, but like a, a true feminine power, but just nut, nuts and bolts or no nuts and bolts is a vagina. No nuts and bolts, terrible joke. Vagina <laughs> is this doorway that we all came out of that makes no fucking sense. We're all just walking around acting like that's not that weird. That... It's a thing, super weird. Yeah, you're yeah. Uh, two things made of matter got together, a certain thing happened, penis and vagina, sperm to egg, and then once a sperm and an egg got together, that caused things to split into double what they were, and then that continues to happen until something that wasn't is. The fuck is going on? <laughs> The fuck is going on? That's as magical as finding a portal in in a laboratory and going, uh, a monster comes out of here. A baby comes out of, they're everywhere. Those portals are everywhere. I've seen some of them. (laughs) 
right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're I I <laughs> I was gonna say, you know, how everyone's making like the fonts, the strange Stranger Thing fonts. That's like you know, can write anything. I don't know how they're doing it. It's you mean the logo? Yeah. Oh, you fun. can like ter- put any words into it now. Do you know what I'm talking about? Uh, that that's a thing people are doing. On, I would online. really like for someone to just make Stranger Vaginas. Stranger Vaginas. Would, and you have to. Here's how I'm going to say it because I I don't look at Twitter, mm-hmm. but I do look at photos of myself. Oh, so tag so tag us, <laughs> Holmes, tag us in Stranger Vaginas and Kate, yeah, McCooch. Yep, and we'll see it. Um, but that is magic. And you're you, right. I and mean, you it's kind of crazy. You are volunteering Stranger Things. No. <laughs> you want your internal Modine to lo- loose a magical child out of your portal? Sure. Even but that, you don't want to slow down. Yeah. I've all, I mean, there's so many options, though. That's a cool thing because I froze my eggs, so there's a lot of ways to go about it. You did? Yeah. Badass. I know. It's kind of great. But, so you could clearly – I could just send them off to another yeah. place to, to – you know, you could you could skip the stranger vagina. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And just, like, make it in a thing and put it in someone else. And I guess so, though. Then the vagina is required. It would just – Yeah. There's mine. no way to get around the portal. Yeah. You're right. The portal is essential. You can rent someone else's portal. Yeah. And I guess we could look at the, the, the urethra of a, of a penis as a portal, but it's, it's – it's not as it's so it's so obvious. <laughs> the vagina is like it's like a magic trick. It's like you know in a magic trick you always have to cover it with a with a silk uh-huh. and then you whip it off. That's what the vagina is. Nobody wants to see a, a dick style magic show. <laughs> it's just like an hour. That's that blue man. Show. Blue man group. What was the puppet show uh, that they did with the with penises? Um, oh, puppetry of the, the penis. penis. Yeah. Nobody wants to see that. Who was that for? I don't know. How did people? I never saw it. Nobody saw it. Yeah. It was a scam. <laughs> there was a guy in college that like would would do tricks at parties and it, he'd make like a hamburger. Nobody wants that. No. Let's go back in time and stop that. Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> well, I like your theory about Stranger Things. And you want to do that? Yeah. You want to take part in that ancient magic? Yeah. I mean, it's going on all the time. I I think I just have to be more more um, uh, smart about it and figure out where in my life that will. I know. In, you know. I know. I know. I know. I mean, I don't even have a plant. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> You're talking about getting on planes and stuff. Yeah, it's like, pe- who's going to water the plant? The advice I get from people with children is travel. They're like, if you want to have a baby and, and you want to do it soon, travel now. Because, you know, I have a dog and Val and I, what I was going to tell you is we were editing and we just wanted to go to a hotel just to lay on the bed, eat room service. Remember we talked yeah. about this? Oh, yeah, oh yeah. It's my favorite thing to do. My favorite thing to do with Val's Arfit. So we watch infomercials. And we don't have, uh, like, cable, so uh-huh. we just watch Netflix. We, we watch a lot of TV. This is not me saying we don't watch TV. But we don't have cable, so we love watching just regular live TV, watching infomercials, getting way too much room service and eating all of it. And, and that's our favorite thing to do. And I was thinking if we had a kid, that would be a much – like, I was driving home on Friday, and I said, let's get a hotel tonight. And then we got someone to watch our dog, and that was easy. But if it's a kid, even that becomes like yeah, a – it's a thing. We slept in, we ate, we napped. That's not happening if there's a little boy who's very serious with dark pupils going, I watch you sleep. Yeah. <laughs> we have a serious baby in this yeah. scenario. I, I think, yeah, I, I think you'll have a, 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 a fun joke. I think so. A kid who can joke and with our genes, be it. it has I say, yeah, you, you have a kid who can joke around. I don't yeah, yeah. Know. <laughs> do the joke around. Do the jokes. So, you know. <laughs> what do you What do you think? I guess you don't know. I mean, like, what would your not your timeline, but yeah. I mean, I, I I don't know. I mean, I don't think it. I'm not having frozen my eggs. I feel like there's not 
a crazy rush, which yeah. is great. And there's a lot of pressure to take. And I, I would do it on my own if I had to, because I feel like I would much rather do that than be like, oh, I need to meet a guy and, you know, right. like force that somehow. Some I, sort of montage of you speed dating and yeah. laughing too hard at bad jokes, just really trying <laughs> and to get. And crying a lot. No. Yeah. <laughs> but you, I, this is a weird question. Would it ideally be with a fellow? Would you like the whole package? Totally, I yeah. think. But I mean, that's maybe me being optimistic and and hopeful. But like, I feel like it would be really cool to be like share that experience and be like, oh my god, you know, like, did you see what our kid did today? You know, like, or like yeah. sharing those moments. Like, can you believe that yeah. happened? Or like yeah. seeing that, being able to turn to somebody and be like, oh my god, like that's cool. It's funny. All parents have to become ICUs. You're right. So Even we should, the ICUs. Yeah. They have to be. That's why I'm like, oh, Val would be an amazing mom because I'm like, she does such a good job with this baby boy. And not to say that I'm always a baby boy, but there's parts of me that's. a But baby you would boy. totally become an ICU after that. Of course, and I, I mean have, you are now. I have ICU elements. Yeah, I'm, I, I try very hard. It happens naturally. I'm happy to say to be encouraging of Val. That's why I was asking you of the like the idea to the uh, to the finalization of an idea is an, is a topic that Val and I talk about sometimes because I'm always encouraging her. Yeah, and seeing her. Right. I hope. <laughs> so who is the uh, the fella? I, I guess you don't know. You don't know when you want to have the baby. You don't know what the fella would be. Yeah, no You're just idea. waiting to be surprised. I guess so. I mean, yeah. I But I also, I, I mean, maybe I'm supposed to put more focus on it. I don't, you know, I'm always like, for me right now, I'm like, oh, what's the next project? And, you know, yeah. what, I, I'm making these things and I'm super excited about that. And, like, I, I don't know. I don't really put a lot of effort into like seeking out that person you know yeah. what i mean but also yeah. it's like how do you in some way i don't i don't really know i haven't quite figured that i'm out. a big believer in getting an idea of what you want even down on paper I th- i've said this a billion times on this podcast but like writing the wish list of what a person would be like yeah because then at least you it's not even that you know it but somewhere in your subconscious you're trying to you, you get some symbols going that will sink into your deeper brain and help you go, hey, wait a minute, that's that's that type of person that is kind of some of the things that were on my wish list. You yeah. Know, you, you hit what you aim for is kind of the thing. That's that's true. I, I've, I've definitely, like, especially, like, with girlfriends that, like, I remember last year when we were shooting Mike's movie, we were, um, we were at brunch and a bunch of the girls working on the movie, we all got together and, like, let's make lists. And I was, like, thinking to myself, like, oh, I... Truthfully, looking back, I don't think Wait, I was you made ready. boy lists? Yeah, but I was. You did this? We did this. Get but this, the f- but I, I think I did it like in a way that I was like, oh, everybody's doing it, so I should do it. But I, I wasn't ready. I think I was still kind of yeah. like dealing with. But that's the answer. Know? Yeah, that's the answer that you were looking for. It's a different answer. Yeah, that's you're, you're right. If you're not ready to do it, so maybe I should revisit the list because it's been a year. Yeah, maybe you also. I mean, you don't. But also, it's, also, yeah. I quote this all the time. You say you like Mad Men. Roger Sterling says, "When this job is good, it meets all your needs," yeah. and that's the danger that of the, the novel life. That it, but man, it's so like it's fun. Like, <laughs> <laughs> how good is this Neil going to be? That he's going to improve what you already have going on. But that's yeah. also a great because you're not playing with scared money. If you're going to let someone into your life, it means they it's actually. Be they got to be pretty great. Yeah. You better you better be do better than at replying Mike Birbiglia <laughs> if, if you want to date Kate Micucci. Um yeah, his name is Neil you said? Okay, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's up to you. You can have whatever type of name you want. That can be on your list. Exotic name. <laughs> like Neil. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Only Rivers and uh, Joaquin's, all the Phoenixes. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> Perfect. Phoenix would be a great yeah. name. Yeah. Yeah. Anyone in the band Phoenix? No, I don't know. That's interesting. I don't know how many people are in that band. Well, we've done so well. We always yeah. end by talking about um, God, and this can be as long or as short as you want. I don't know what what you weren't raised really also. Well, I it's I I kind of mix it up a bit, you know. Mixing it up. Yeah, I feel like I'm still even though we weren't we were Christmas and Easter Catholics. My my grandpa kind of installed a lot more of the Catholicism and my brother and I and I have a nun collection which yeah I'm just picturing all these nuns in your basement Uh, like let loose the nuns they have work to do (laughs) they're really uh, great at embroidery you know actually (laughs) no I just got to play a nun it was like truly thrilling but um (laughs) I I uh yeah, I have, what do you mean a collection of nuns? I just like all different little figurines and. Oh no, you, know. you just love nuns. I I've been. It's like an yeah. eternal sunshine when he goes up to her apartment, Clementine's apartment, and she has all the potato people. You have a bunch of. I nuns. have nuns. Yeah. Yeah. All so, right. Good um, choice. So I think that my like Catholic, you know, I went to Loyola Marymount University, and I really wanted to go to a. That's where I ended up after the art school, um, mm. which was a great. It was a great school, but it's it's Catholic, and I wanted that experience, you mm. know. No, so I, I I guess I did go to church then, yeah. So you were drawn a little bit to the, to the yeah. Catholic I stuff. like the rituals. I like yeah. the smells. I like it's the. Sound, it's like the church version of your countertop. There's a lot going on. Yeah. There's a lot of burning and. I, there's like obviously there's a lot of stuff that I I don't like. <laughs> you know, like more. You know, I like I like the the songs and the sounds and the the smell. Like I like the feeling of church. Yeah. But I don't like the um. The, you know. As I got older and I was realizing, like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. F- please forgive me. Forgive me. And I'm like, we are just apologizing for an hour. Yeah, you know, like, it's yeah. a weird. It's a weird mindset to let in. Mm-hmm. And it can be very toxic, for sure. Yeah. To walk around going, like, I am really pissing off the divine love. Yeah. <laughs> that thing is mad at me. Or, like, you know, did you have to do, um, uh, oh, my God. See, I'm that much of a confession? Catholic. Confession. Thank you. Yeah. No, we don't do confession. No. Okay. Because that was always really weird. Where you have to like come up with things like I thought with my brother. Uh, yeah. Like, I don't know. I yeah. always want to be like, and what did you do? Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Got anything for me? Because <laughs> there are rumors. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, yeah. I never really. I never really got into that. I, I, accountability is still a word that I can't stand. It's like you pick a friend that's going to be like, "How are you doing with pornography?" It's like, get away from me. John, I fucking can't stand this. John, uh, Oscar Wilde has that great quote where he says, the only way to get rid of temptation is to yield to it. And I really think there's something to that. That I, w- I used to think I was addicted to por- pornography, for example, when I gave it all this weight, when I was so – there was so much penance and repentance involved in the process. My, my first therapist used to say it was like doing – um, what's it called when you do heroin and cocaine? So you do something. Cocaine was the pornography. What a thrill! And then the heroin was the down part, the guilt. Mm-hmm. Uh, speedball. I don't I think even it's know. called a speedball. So I had that whole thing going on. And then once I got to the point where I was like, it's uh, it's not my favorite thing in the world to jerk it to porn. I just think that you could probably be doing better things. But it's just two dimensional representations of people fucking that tricks my brain into thinking I'm having sex and uh, that's fine. As soon as I just let it be what it was instead of this horrible thing to beat myself up over, it lost its grip on me. And you, you understand? Yeah. So yeah. I didn't really, I still don't like building up and naming these demons. Like pornography addiction or whatever it could be, like food addiction or shoplifting. God's mad at you for shoplifting. I think if you can let it be just what it is and see it for what it is, it's easier to let let go of it sometimes. Yeah, yeah. So yielding to it. But you didn't like all that apologizing. It it took me – it was really – I was 21 when I transferred to Loyola and I started going to church 
regularly because it was like a social thing, you know. And um, and then that's when I realized it was very um, that the the ceremonial part of it it was a lot of apologizing because yeah. I was hearing it really for the first time, you know, like. I, I just was like, oh wait a second! I'm not sure that I, yeah. <laughs> I feel this great when I leave. You know, like it's it, it wasn't an uplifting. You hear a vaudeville v- voice with a Jersey accent. Yeah, and you're like don't worry, we died, and it's all not what they're talking about. <laughs> Shazam! You've been here before, but you don't need to be here. Yeah. <laughs> Relax. Moonwalk out. Yeah. But uh, where are you now? Um, you know, it, the crazy thing is, like, I still pray. Like, I still pray. I don't know that it's like a. I don't know exactly what. It is, you know, but I believe in some, something. I don't, you know, it's like very. Yeah. And this something influences. It's uh, still the same something that was when I was six and seven and going to CCD. Like whatever that, I think that's just a ritualistic thing for me. Yeah. And it's not like, and the thing is, it's not like I do it every day. I. I Are you praying Catholic prayers or freestyle prayers? Just, just freestyle, like whatever. Yeah. But I, but it's just, it's sort of like just putting your intentions out there. It's, and a, it's, it's very much like making a list of the boy you'd Totally. Like to yeah, and yeah, it's yeah. not, and it's not like a. It, it, there's no pressure, and I, I mean, I might go months before I, you know, I'll pray, and then I'll. It's not like a ritualistic, but then I'll all of a sudden find myself praying. Or I remember um, in in CCD they taught us to pray in the morning and pray at night. And there, once in a while, I'll wake up and I'm praying. Like my hands are like this, and I'm like, oh, praying. Wow. and it's like a very strange. I don't know where it comes from, yeah. but I like. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I guess I kind of I three don't... lives ago you were a nun. I think we can Maybe all that's agree what on it was. that. Maybe yeah. you're clearly a nun who died and came back as a vaudevillian. <laughs> the life in between. Let's not talk about it. You were bad. <laughs> well, what I love though is that uh, you. I love Lucy is you know based on so many vaudeville routines. You know, like there's mm-hmm. so many of those gags that were. You know, from the vaudeville yeah, stage. Classic. So, yeah, I think, and that's my favorite show. Oh, so really? I wonder, you know, oh, I wonder, I remember doing that that bit. Yeah. Um, that's so funny. But but then I also, when I moved out here and I was babysitting for this family and they were Nutrien Buddhist, um, they asked if I wanted to chant with them and chanting seemed so surreal and very California to me in a way that I was like, oh, what is this world? You know, like sure. it's a little scary, you know. And then I was kind of going through a hard time. This is, I was 23, 24. Trying to figure out, you know, just like paying rent and it was, you know, doing everything I could to kind of survive in Los Angeles. And they asked if I wanted to chant with them again. And I was like, okay, yeah, mm. I'll try it. And it was great. And I, so I still chant. I have a Gohansen in my room. But again, that, a, what now? a Gohansen, it's like the scroll that you chant to. Oh. Um, but I, I, that's not something I do. I sometimes I'll go two months straight every day chanting. And just then, like drawing. Yeah, yes. Like oh my gosh, I never even thought months. about that. Yeah. yeah. You're and then, a two month person. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah. you still chant and that helps. And that or so like I'll mix it up a little bit, you know, but I don't really ever put a pressure on it in any way. Or I don't you know, I just kinda do it when I feel like it. And you lean towards a reincarnation model, so when you die, if you you're if you're still working something out, you come back. I guess so. I mean, I might be performing again. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to be the most amazing performer. I'll be like, should I make out with birds? That seems familiar. (laughs) (laughs) One of these days you'll perfect that routine. Unless maybe you already did. Mm, Probably not. But you think there's a chance that that when we die something else happens other than just the big big darkness? Yeah, I think so. I, I believe in there's something. I don't know what exactly. It's not like I have. I don't have like crazy ideas or strong opinions. You don't I just spend think, too much time thinking about. It. No, I just feel that there is some. You know, you, intuitive you, knowledge. Yeah, there's just feelings that. Yeah, have that. I just like intuitive knowledge. Um, 
I like it. Yeah. It's I, devalued in our in our culture. I've had times in my life where I'm like, I don't know how I knew that, but I knew that. And yeah. like and Can you think of one? Oh, plenty. Well, the big one of the biggest ones was I self-diagnosed that I needed my appendix out. Get the fuck out. What time mark are we at? This is when <laughs> you drop this. You you could tell you needed your appendix out? Yeah. And, uh, From what? Well, I, I was getting sick. I was. You woke up with your hands clasped in prayer. Yep. And <laughs> you sat I up saw, straight. I saw Jesus, and he yeah. said, "Hey, go to the hospital." Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And he kind of talked like you know he was in Vaudeville. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you only have one internal voice. You think of Martin Luther King Jr. doing a speech, you're like, "I have a dream." <laughs> Uh, go on. But yeah, so I, I, I mean, I was getting sick, but it was a different, it was a different feeling than a stomach ache. And I knew, and then I saw this girl's face that I knew that it had her appendix out. And it just like, it was like she was in my face. Like it was like a visual. You had a, a vision. Yes. And, um, and immediately I saw her and I thought appendix. And Get the shit so I looked it up butt. on my phone. It was three in the morning and I looked it up in the fo- on my phone and I was like, oh yeah, that's what this must be. So, and I just knew it. Like I knew 100%. So at this point, I'm not getting sick any longer. I packed my bag. I'm by myself. And so I, I, you know, got dressed, got my iPad and some books, and I took an Uber to Cedars. And um, and then I, and then the Uber driver, I didn't know. This was, like, when Uber was new, and I didn't know there were other options other than Uber Black. So I got, like, this fancy car. Yeah. And I, and I was like, hi, can you please take me to Cedars Sinai? And he goes, are you okay? And I'm like, oh, yeah, I think I'll be fine. And we zoomed down Melrose so fast, like, flying through. And, uh... <laughs> I show up and I look like a totally normal, healthy person. And I said, hi, I'm here to get my appendix out. And the two ladies behind the desk, they were like, um, I'm sorry, what, why? Why do you think you need that? And I didn't want to be like, oh, I saw a vision of this girl and made me think of it. But I, I had been feeling weird yeah, yeah, yeah. like, and I was sick, but I didn't know what. And um, it didn't burst. I got it before it burst. So, but And the funny thing did is – Did they take you in that day? They ran a they test? They took me in. They ran a bunch of tests and – they said it looks weird, but we could send you home, or we could take it out. I said take it out, because I just I knew. And wait, did, so they took it out, and then did and they, then they say, said good thing we did that? Really? Yeah, isn't that crazy? Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's amazing. Yeah, it's give, give me another one. Oh, oh man. Okay. No, well, that's like the one that's always. That's a like, great one. Thank you. Please don't think you need to do to another one. But if one. you have another one, I mean, that's amazing. You had a vision and new, intuitive. I've had moments, especially like with with people who were very close with me. I remember one time I knew Ricky was at a meeting, but she hadn't said, and um, we were recording, and and the guy that was recording us, our, our producer Mikey, was like, "Oh, where's Ricky?" And I was like, "I, th- I was like, I'm pretty sure she's at this meeting. Like, I knew where she was in my head, but she hadn't told me yet." And then. And then, sure enough, she had been at the meeting. I thought she was. It was just like weird. Like, Wait, you didn't know she was at. The she meeting. hadn't told me, but I just felt like I knew. Yeah, like, like I, like I've, I, but I'm sure. She, like, there's no reason she should have been in a meeting because it was just a random Thursday. It was a random meeting. Yeah, and you're but like, I, I think she's in this meeting. Yeah, and it was like this weird. I was like, how did I know that? I don't know how I knew that. Um, yesterday, I was at this big room, and I had a chair. I was, I was at a wedding, and there was a chair. <laughs> this is this is so strange. Um, it's oh, oh, there were seventy tables or I don't know crazy big room, and I just walked right up to a chair, set my stuff down, and then I realized that my name tag was right there. Get like, how out. did I know that that's where my chair was? Wow, <laughs> that's amazing. It's weird, but I don't think of myself like I'm not a psychic. I just no, no, no. But this think, is a type of intelligence that in other cultures is highly regarded and even encouraged. Like people work on. Uh, building up their intuitive. I would knowledge. like to get better. I I don't I know bet how. You to, could. I don't know how. I know there's this weird thing. There's this great movie. It's a little bit kooky. I can't like say I endorse every single thing in it, but it's called Something Unknown. 
something unseen is doing something we do not know what or something. That's the name of the movie. Uh-huh. You can see why it didn't uh, do well in the box office. No, I'm just kidding. I, I'm pretty sure it's on Netflix. Something unknown it will get you there. And it, it, one of the things that it does is they have all these people um, write something or draw a symbol or something on a piece of paper. And in this big field, they, they uh, thumbtack them or sticky uh, to the wall. There's like a circular fence around this huge field, and they tack it up. And you tack it up, and then you go in the middle of the field, and there's so there's hundreds of them. And then you spin in circles for like a minute until you're very, very dizzy, and then you start. And they're just like, all right, uh, take a minute to not be dizzy, and then follow your heart and try and find your paper. So you're just walking around. You're lucky if you find the fence. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like You have to find the fence. But then you're supposed to listen to your intuition and not stop until you find your piece of paper. I can hear some people shaving with Occam's razor, and you're like, maybe you rip the corner or something so you can trick yourself and do it. Okay, maybe some people have done that. I, I don't yeah. know why they would if they're going to some weird hippie camp to work on their psychic abilities, maybe so they can get a weird blowjob from this strange cat psychic with the chunky jewelry <laughs> who you're very aroused I've by. I've heard she's really great at it. Maybe that happens. But in the documentary, like four or five people out of the however many did it found it, found it quickly. It's just a non-flat field. There's nothing yeah. you could have done, and they found their thing. But the thing was they, they wrote something that was very important to them. Like it wasn't just like – they wrote yeah. something that resonated with them. It was like, like a connection that was Something your mother a... said when yeah. she was dying. You'd write it on the paper so you could follow your heart. So there are some people that work on these sort of outside-of-the-box skills. Yeah. So it's very interesting that you can do that. I, I mean I, it's it's not – that often or, or I, I just kind of notice and go oh, that's cool you know like yeah. I, I think we all have it though I, I really I, I think we do too yeah but we're taught uh, this is a Ram Dass thing he goes women into it men think that's something they used to say at Harvard oh wow when he, you know he was there in the 50s yeah know, 50s and 60s so obviously it was a backwards way of thinking but intuition was something that was looked down upon and you, everything needs to be objectively provable you know testable and all this sort of stuff but there is this other side and this is where art comes from art is an exploration of the other side of things it doesn't need to be created and broken and reproduced a thousand times to be legitimate and real this painting makes you feel a certain way and that's mm-hmm. all it does and you can't prove why and you would never want to prove why you know what I'm yeah saying? This is why people get laugh at people, fine art critics, that they're like, see the speckle of paint and it looks like a group of doves chasing yeah. a pirate. And you're like, what an idiot. <laughs> yeah, he is kind of an idiot because he's trying to put words to something that's happening in, in your heart. And that's where the intuition is. That, I mean, the thing about when I go to an art museum just to like experience it, I, I, I kind of go quickly. I don't spend – I don't I, – I kind of walk through until I'm drawn in and then I'll mm. spend – 15 minutes with one piece for like That's whatever you know it's like the one that calls you it could be a I remember one time just That's sitting you with in this, the field. Yeah. You're in the field, baby. Yeah, I remember yeah. like sitting with this photograph. I was at uh the Metropolitan Museum in, in New York and I was looking at this photograph and I just was drawn to it. And like I started crying looking at this face. I didn't know who this person mm. was. Like I don't know why and I like spent some time with it and I kind of was like thank you, you know, and then I just keep mm. going, but it's like I I don't like to like take the long tours. Of the, you know, I mean, yeah. I guess if there's something to learning about you know. I get it. Process, but I just kind of like to zoom. But zoom, the zoom, people zoom. with the earphones on, and I get it. I've done the tours where you want. In fact, 
talking about the Andy Warhol Museum, going with TJ Stone, TJ knew everything because he had been to that oh, museum wow, yeah. and it was awesome. I loved it. It was the funniest. I would also love to go if, if, great like, tour. if TJ was giving tours, sure. I would go. <laughs> yeah. But that is a way of yanking the heart into things. And there is a type of appreciation that comes and goes. This is what Van Gogh painted right after he cut off his ear and he moved to the blah, blah, south of France yeah. and all this sort of stuff. That's an intellectual appreciation, and that can be quite beautiful. But something that people that listen to this podcast know I practice is looking at something and not thinking about it. Mm -hmm. Imagine finding a quality in not thinking. We live in a society that worships the mind, yeah. and I love it. It builds bridges, and it cure, It took out your appendix. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's great stuff. I do wish there was a little bit more room outside of – Joshua tree, you know, like where it does seem a little kooky to most people, where we could find ways to put, take the elevator down into the heart and look, go to the museum and be like, I'm just going to look at things. I'm not going to think them. Like thinking yeah. like, I like this one. I don't like this one. It's a waste of time. You're in an art space. I, so I like to go – in art, I like to go by myself because then you don't. I, I like to go see movies by myself because yeah. there's no. Hey, do you like? Are they liking it? Or like feeling that pressure? Like I like just experiencing it That's and it. not worrying about what everyone else is wondering or thinking. Yeah. That's something I'm looking forward to because I just saw Kumail's movie and it's amazing. Oh, I can't wait. And it's so good. And it's called The Big Sick. It'll be out. Who knows? But you got to go see it. It's so good. I actually – my compliment to him, I go, it's as good as Don't Think Twice because oh, wow. that's how much I love Don't oh, Think Twice. Oh, that's great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So Aww. it's so amazing. But the benefit that I have, he's editing it. You know, he's, He wrote it. He acted in it. It's such a nice thing to be able to show it to someone. And I go – and you know, we gave notes and stuff. But mostly I'm just trying to watch it. Through the lens of my heart, not going yeah. this cut, this cut, this shot, this shot, this line, this line. That stuff can be helpful later in the discussion, but let's invite the head afterwards because it's, yeah. really, it's really easy to tear things down and make judgments. And, and maybe, maybe if you see a movie that you don't like and, and it's because you f didn't like the first scene. This isn't the big six. Let's, let's say some – this is an imaginary movie. Then, you, then you're watching the whole thing with your head and you're just dissecting it instead of going, maybe that scene was supposed to be bad. Yeah. Like when I saw the Great Gatsby movie when I was in high school, the first one with Robert Redford, I was like, the acting is terrible. They're acting really phony. And my teacher, Mr. Brown, who changed my life, who's now my Facebook friend, which I find to be really, really cool, <laughs> he was like, they're supposed to be bad acting. They're rich, leisured people who are phony. Don't you see? Like oh, that's yeah. the point. So if I had been watching with my heart instead of my teenage brain in this culture that loves going like, good, funny or die, you know what yeah. I mean? Like good or bad, binary, watching it and just letting it be an experience, I feel like that's, that's something that I, I feel like not a lot of people are taught how to appreciate art or a movie. It's – outside of your brain it's really just the feeling it's like going back to you listening to that avid brother song and exactly. crying with your coworker. yeah like crying like, in an office yeah just that <laughs> that letting it wash over you and maybe it's gonna you'll feel something maybe not but like yeah. it's more about that like ah, yeah it's like that sing i don't know i'm like making this motion that doesn't yeah. make any sense to anyone listening listening but like yeah. it's just that feeling of it rather than you know thinking about it yeah I think that's one of the things yeah. we're back to Stranger Things that people liked. It's like you can't mm -hmm. tell. It's nostalgia is one of the pop, and I don't mean it's bad, but it's like a pop, popular, easy to absorb outside of what's actually happening. You're like, why am I vibrating with this more than usual? It's because the flashlights are the flashlights from ET. And even if you don't know that intellectually, there's something in your subconscious that knows that, and you go, I feel like I'm 11. It's comforting. And I'm eating Twizzlers, and I yeah. like that. And the font. You're talking about the font. Font, the, the sound, yeah. But there's a lot of things beyond our reason that 
are ready to hook into you if you can put your brain aside. Mm -hmm. And for me, holy books are the biggest examples of those. I remember there was a book called You Don't Have to Check Your Brain at the Door. It was a a, a book, kind of an apologetic book for Christian teenagers. And I really want to write a book called Yeah, You Do. You do have to check your brain at the door, but not that's not a bad thing. Yeah. Some things, art, spiritual literature, music, are not to be consumed with the mind. Yeah. You can, but this is why rock critics or music critics are never as interesting as just listening to the piece of music yourself, unless they're really, really amazing. Right. You mean the critics or the... Just like a, yeah. crit- a critic can go into an artistically critical kind of place, but for the most part, it's you're just listening to someone articulate something they felt in their heart. It would be better for you to just experience it yourself. Yeah, totally. Right. Yeah. So, Let it wash over you. I think... <laughs> right? Yeah, Like exactly. the ocean. Go yeah. swim in the ocean. That's my church. Yeah, there you yeah, go. Yeah, I love swimming in the ocean. Oh, my God. It's the best. You can't beat it. Nope. Do you feel Do you feel good? I do. I feel like we covered a lot of things. I, I don't know. I, I hope I wasn't. I, I you always were lovely. Worry. I always think I'm like, like uh, just kind of can be mundane. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you have to get over it. All right. <laughs> that, that's not, not you. I'm just like, in order to host a podcast, can you imagine just how much you have to go like, it's whatever it is. It's fine. <laughs> whatever. Well, it if anyone's fine. made it to the end of this podcast, thank you for listening. And, and prove it by uh, tweeting and hashtag bring your ukulele. Oh, good, well, good how, ma- how many times do you think we'll get a tweet? Oh, I'll bet you get a couple hundred. Yeah? No way. Bring your ukulele? Hashtag bring your u- ukulele? If we don't break a hundred, I mean, what does that say? Really? Yeah, right? Yeah. I believe in your listeners. Well, Dave is driving right now, so he's like, he, he's, like gotta, he's, he's rushing home to go see Stranger Things. <laughs> I got to remember. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. Or he's on his way to see Don't Think Twice. See how I turn that into a plug or again? Or Unleashed. Oh, yeah, although that's not out yet. He could be listening in the future. That's true. Oh, yeah, you never know. You're Isn't right. That weird? That Maybe is weird. someone's listening. We're both dead. Your kid is listening. <laughs> the one we were talking to earlier. <laughs> and he's going to go see that movie. Yeah, I think I'll like it. Sorry for all the swears, Leroy. I'm sorry for that loophole video if you watched it, Leroy. He loved it. Oh, good. But don't try and trick God by only having anal sex, Leroy. Yeah. Just include God in your sex. <laughs> That's where he belongs. He's talked about, I think, a lot during sex. Who got? Yeah, yeah. people are always yelling Jesus out to God him. If you're, yeah, I don't think I've ever gotten someone to do that. <laughs> you're welcome, Leroy. Something you didn't want to know about your dad. Um, well, thank you, Kate Makuchi. Thanks you're wonderful. For having me. I'm so glad we finally got to do it. Me too. And would you say keep it crispy? It's how we end. Keep it crispy. <laughs> wow. I was a little crispy when I said it, right? It's very crispy. <laughs> very crispy. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> now leaving nerdist.com. 